Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Not applicable to PayPal here transactions. Other fees may apply. Shop safe with PayPal. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Radiovania, episode number 68. Your nerdy public radio for all things entertainment and pop culture. My name is Zach Rotello, at Zach Rotello on Twitter and all the social media feeds. And sitting across from me is the bourbon porn John Swan Song Parker. Here you go. We don't have a cork for this bourbon bottle. So that little twist-off cap was your introduction mm-hmm. for the... Yeah. That's fine for now. Mm-hmm. Give me... Let me move at a snail's pace to begin with. Uh, so let's introduce... This, uh, this is your semi-annual yearly booty call. Semi-annual yearly. Yeah. Uh, we're here in Columbus. Semi-annual bi-week... <laughs> semi-annual bi-weekly anniversary booty call. Uh, we're in Columbus. Which Carly's been to the last couple booty calls, so yeah. now it's like a three-way booty call. Three-way booty call. She's taking a She's nap asleep. in the other room. She couldn't handle it. No, she couldn't handle it. <laughs> uh, but she might drop in to give her opinions on stuff. Definitely. She's not drunk, though, so... Yeah. Coherent. Yeah, that's true. She was. That's true. Um, but yeah, so we're in Columbus here. We're celebrating the premiere of Avengers Endgame. And uh, we're... We saw the movie last night. Uh, we're going to talk about it later in the show. We're going to do spoiler-free first, and then we're going to jump into spoilers after that. Um, but we won't spoil anything about Endgame for the first bit of the show. We're going to do some news and stuff. Um, but if you've never listened to an episode of the show before, it's very simple. John and I get together, drink alcohol, and talk. <laughs> Is that about sum it up? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that's, that's pretty much just it. All right. Yeah, so today we're drinking Old Forester. As I put it to John, it's mid-shelf bourbon. It's about $20 a bottle. Not terrible. Good mixer for old-fashioned. Um, neat. I've had better. But to be honest with you, that's not the purpose of this. No. This is a vessel to unleash my inner demons. <laughs> it's a conduit. This is a conduit in which we re- get to Pig Boy. Ah. On steps to is, Pig Boy. Big, is Pig Boy coming out? Pig Boy is always hiding in the depths of the shadows. That's my secret. I'm I'm always Pig Boy. Boy. (laughs) Um, Well, he's not going to say this, but Zach's birthday is coming up soon, too. So that's why we are here this weekend as well. Uh, So happy early birthday. I'm a quarter of a century years. I'm going to be a quarter of a century years old. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, But yeah, thank you guys for listening. All you people out there got... You think you'll live to be 100? No. <laughs> no. You know how they are. You know, I, I always think about this whenever I see articles that are like, this one simple trick will make you live, like, will extend your lifespan. To, like, this person did this one simple thing and they live to be 110. It's always shit that I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Are you you want to do me? a uh, drink bet on how long we'll live? <laughs> <laughs> shit just got morbid. Uh, drink bet on how long we'll live. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. I don't know. We gotta start. We gotta start eating more fruit, probably. <laughs> I've been going to the gym. That's true. I, I got a gym That's membership, true. so nice. I'm not completely d- dying on the inside. Good, good, good. What else is new? What have you been doing? Um, it's been a good month. I mean, not a good. Well, eh, well, to be determined. It's been a month for entertainment. Um, 
haven't been reading a whole lot of stuff. I still have Gideon Falls in the back burner, waiting to find a, a good rainy day to curl up with a cup of coffee and kill that. Um, at least the first trade, that is. Uh, John just informed me today that the second trade came out, so I might just buy them both and then just read it back to back. Yeah, because the new storyline starts uh, in this issue, issue number 12, and okay. it takes place in... Uh, 1865 or something like that. So oh. going back in time for this this new storyline. It has no that, that has no spoilers so with each, what's happened before. Each each one the is first like two, a separate. No, the first two story arcs were the same characters, but apparently this new one is like fleshing out the world a little more. Interesting. Yeah, I'm excited. Okay, cool. Because that means that there will be horses in the back. <laughs> oh yeah, so we forgot to do Old Town Road That's intro. Right. Shout out to at uh, Hard as Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen to that in the shower. Bless his heart. And to all the students who come out to the camp that I work yeah. at that get that stuck in my head daily. <laughs> That'll probably play at a few bars tonight. Well, if I keep queuing it, it will. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so yeah, Gideon Falls is on the back burner for reading. In terms of playing, I uh, was going to play Days Gone, but uh, reviews are mixed to positive to negative. They're all over the place, so... Not playing that yet. I'm really not playing any video games right now. It's kind of a lull for me. Me like, neither. I was going to get Kingdom Hearts 3, but I just haven't really had the time. Sure. I think I'm just going to save myself for uh, my love of my life. Well, I, uh, I don't know if you saw, but Kingdom Hearts is actually $40 right now on the sale. Like the PSN sale. Mm-hmm. For what I've heard from people, like a That's $20 off is actually pretty solid for that. Kaylee played it and beat it, actually. And... Uh, she said that like they were like, oh yeah, it's the third entry, but you don't really have to understand much. And it's like she's like, no, it's like these people really? just show up, and you're like, who the heck is this now? <laughs> so they definitely go all in. Yeah, well, I'm still gonna play it eventually. I don't know, I don't know when. I got burnt out on Ghost of Tsushima, man. I can't do that game anymore. Or not Ghost of Tsushima, sorry, Sekiro. Oh, really? Yeah, I can't do it. I, I, I it tried it. It's way too it's hard. It's like Bloodborne? Yeah. We talked about this on the last show briefly. Yeah. I, I kind of like played it for four or five hours and wasn't digging it. I p- picked it up a few times. It's just, the game is just not clicking with me. How much was no, it? No, I paid full retail for it. It's because I love Bloodborne so much. I was like, well, I'm willing to give this a shot. I like From Software. It's just too difficult. Like, the game is way give, too difficult. I need to give Bloodborne another chance. It's so hard, though. It's a hard game. Satisfying game, though, Bloodborne. Like, I don't feel satisfied in Sekiro. Like, I've moved on. <laughs> I've only hit two checkpoints in that game. Nice. Two. Good job. Two checkpoints. It's better than one. It's better than one, but I've been playing it for eight hours. You would assume it's <laughs> at, at, at the eight-hour mark, you would progress past the first, like, area of the game. It's insane. Um, But movies, obviously, we'll talk about Endgame here in a bit. Uh, I saw Hellboy. You saw Hellboy? I went and saw Hellboy. I, you uh, poor bastard. <laughs> I, uh, I, had a, I had a morning off that I didn't have to go into work uh, until later on in the day. And so I caught a 10.30 a.m. showing for $6 at my uh, Cinemark in Oakley. What is that movie like at 10 in the morning? Uh, there was one other guy in the yeah, theater. that's what I would imagine. There was one other guy in the theater. And before the, movie, the, before the movie started, there was like 20 minutes of previews like there usually is, right? And about 10 minutes into the 20 minutes of previews, this older guy who was sitting across the theater from me stood up, walked over to me, leaned over and said, excuse me, do you have the time? <laughs> and I was like, I like b- bewildered looked at him and I was like, I pulled out my phone. I was like, I was like, yeah, it's like, uh, it's like 1050 right now. And he's like, shouldn't the movie have started by now? I was like, well, they probably have like half hour of previews before. And he goes, 
Oh, shit. And then he left. <laughs> so then it was just me in the theater by myself for the rest of the day. You know what would have been funny? If that was like a, t- a time-displaced version of yourself. Oh, that was me. In- from the future. And he came back and he tested you to see how interactive you were with the elderly. And you passed. Weird. Congrats. All right, cool. Well, nice job. Zach Rotella, the human clock. Yeah, that's me. Yep. Um, how was the movie, though? Um, it's not as bad as people are saying. Yeah. Like, I pulled up... If you didn't like David Harbour... How would the movie be? So, interesting enough, I think he's not very great in the movie, to be honest with you. Like, he's got some good moments. I mean, he's funny, at least. I mean, like, he's he's got a good... David Harbour's... Com- it has a, his voice has, a, like, a comedic pitch. It's hard to explain, but he's kind of, like... He's likable, like, just him talking. Sure. Like, you like you like listening to him talk. So like even though he's, Yeah, even mm-hmm. though he's not delivering the best lines, like, he's still... Like, he could just be saying something, but the way his inflection makes yes. it funny. Yeah. It's sitting at a 14% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. I think that's really harsh. I've seen some 14% movies that are like... That's lower than Suicide that's Squad. That's lower than Suicide This movie is not as bad as Suicide Squad. It's, it has some redeeming elements in that the movie... the Okay, so pros, right? Really, really interesting uh, world design. Like, um, it builds off the back. It's like an, it's like a spiritual successor to, I love the Guillermo del Toro Hellboy movies. I think they're like very underrated and very unique in their style. This movie takes a little, like a lot of inspiration from it, which is really, really cool. Like there's a lot of like really creepy monster designs and the way that some of the characters, like there's this one part where there's like, there's like a demon that, that walks that there, she has no feet and no hands and her like back is broken so she like walks like a crab like this and she tilts her neck back to like look at you and it's like frightening like she's like skin and bones and so some of like the the costume designs and the world designs like there's a lot of practical effects and it looks like pretty good like I was visually invested in most of the movie now the cons um it has maybe the worst editing I have ever seen in a major release. Really? Um, How so? The studio. This is like a major case of like studio shenanigans. What studio makes the Hellboy movie? Um, is this Lionsgate? Gimma, Summit Entertainment. What? Okay. <laughs> um, shout out. To- <laughs> yeah, shout out to Summit. How is uh, Mila Jokovic? She's she's fine. Yeah. She's entertaining to watch. Like she's hamming it up. Her performance is very reminiscent of Kate Blanchett and Thor. Oh, okay. She's kind of just like, I am all powerful. I'm happy, good. I'm sexy demoness. What about Ian it's McShane? Uh, is not given anything to do and looks like he could care less about being. Does that guy like being an actor? I don't think so. I think he just remember is when in he a was in Game of Thrones for an episode. Yeah. Spoilers and like people, he like spoiled that he was bringing back. Spoil, spoil, spoil. The Hound. And uh, people like got really mad at him. He's like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, well, okay. No, he doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't care. Um, Yeah, the editing, though, man. Holy cow. It's like, I feel bad for the director because I'm sure that he did not have final cut because, like, literally, it's every transition from scene to another scene that's another location, there's, like, there's like a, a rock song that plays in between a, a pop rock song that plays between like every transition no like stuff that stuff that sounded like uh creed or nickelback really like pop rock 
would play in the segments when they would switch to different locations. And I was like, it's so jarring and so it does not fit the tone of the rest of the movie at all. And uh, it's just using the score between those settings would have completely like, like that, the editing in this movie really like knocked it down a few pegs for me. Like I was mostly engaged in having fun, like, it's a dumb, fun ride. It reminded me a lot of, um, oh, it reminded me a lot of Ghost Rider. Oh, okay. Uh, the cage infamous yeah, Ghost Rider. Where it's like, what's entertaining about Ghost Rider is that it's kind of like so weird that it's a little bit interesting to watch. I had the same kind of, I mean, Ghost Rider is boring, lame and boring. and, and That movie is really boring. Yes. It's really bad. So imagine that, but like. Sam Elliott can't save that movie. Yeah. Imagine Ghost Rider with a little bit with with better with better visuals, okay. better cinematography, better acting, and uh, a semi decent like a semi decent story. Like I don't know. I think this movie's getting a little a little unf- It's bombing. Like, have you checked? Have you seen the box office for this movie? I mean, like ten bucks, right? It, it, it's it's abysmal. Like. What was the production budget? Uh, so I'll pull it up. I'm pulling it up right now. The production budget was $50 million, which oh. is incredibly low for a superhero movie. Hence the editing. Yes. Yeah. Um, so you can roughly, like, the general rule of thumb, for those that don't know, is usually multiply the production budget by two to account for the marketing, because that's usually how much a theater, like, a, or a, a publisher spends on the movie is, like, half, is double the cost of the production on marketing. And I saw a lot of ads for Hellboy, like, on YouTube and on podcast stuff. And so, around $100 million. As of right now, its total worldwide gross is $21 million. Mm. So, it didn't even make back its production budget. Uh, one, ranked 136 on the on highest grossing comic book adaptations. All-time domestic. Is that many comic book adaptations? <laughs> yeah. It's probably the bottom one. It's ranked 106 on worst openings Ooh. for any, like, major release. Um, it, I, dude, rough, rough. Mm. And, it, and it makes me feel bad, too, because, you know, I wanted to see David Harbour succeed as an actor in, in major film, because I do think he has a, a great screen presence, but I don't know. I, I, I recommend a rental. I probably won't rent that movie. I recommend an, a Netflix. I just watch the Ron Perlman one. Oh, it's interesting to watch though. <laughs> I give it. I give it. I give it half a thumb. I've heard that it's direction. kind of disappointing because the creator Mike Mignola had like a lot more influence in this one, supposedly. I doubt it. I really think I it just it came really, down to Final yeah, Cut. It's like, like when they were like Jeff Johns is going to help make Suicide Squad, and it's like. Jeff Johns will be in he his did trailer. The, he, did, he did the montage portion. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's Hellboy for me. What about you? Uh, that was all the stuff that I've seen besides Endgame. I have not been playing games either. Waiting patiently. Uh, I have been reading comics weekly. Lots of things. Most everything is pretty good right now. Um, but I went to Star Wars Celebration. Yeah. Uh, so I'm sure we'll talk about that a lot. We'll dive Star into Wars some news. of the pop culture news, but best celebration that I've been to. Good. I've been to three, including this one. Um, and I think that was the general consensus by a lot of people. I think a lot of it had to do with the venue. Um, the 
the conference center that they used in Chicago was like the perfect amount of space. And then it being in a city like Chicago, as opposed to like metropolitan Orlando, I think made it a little more appealing. So it was a good time. We got to see each other. Yeah, on we got to hang the out. Friday of a celebration. We got to hang out right after the episode nine trailer dropped. Yeah, so, so we that, got that evening. Uh, yeah, so. Um, but yeah, it was a good time. A lot of cool cosplays. I saw some really interesting things. One of the funnier ones was um, Luke Skywalker. So it was like a, a guy cosplaying as Luke okay. from the newer movies. He's like old Luke. Okay. But it's mixed with Zach Galifianakis from Hangover. So okay. he's wearing like Ray-Bans. He's and got the, the big shirt. beard. And he's got the baby in the baby carrier. Nice. But the baby's drinking blue milk out ah, of a uh, out of a baby formula. And I, milk. I think the baby was like Ben Solo or something like okay. that. It was pretty funny. It That's was pretty cool. funny. Yeah. Good deal. It was, it was like. Was the baby fake or baby real? Fake baby. Fake baby. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I wish it was a real baby. That'd been funny. Uh. But yeah, a lot of cool like mashups like that. There was another really good one where it was, um. The Joker mixed with Darth Maul, and then like. Harley Quinn mixed with like the the Twi'leks which are the aliens with like the tentacle things from like Jabba's palace yeah that was a really cool mashup like they did just like good makeup stuff there um but other than that like the cool thing about Celebration is like homies just like have their own R2-D2 and BB-8 so there's like actually like droids walking around you're like this is unbelievable Hmm. how cool this is all right yeah good good time good time glad you had fun um yeah so without further ado, then, I guess we just jump into the news, and then we can do some celebration talk, because the first two news stories we have are Star Wars. <laughs> Nothing but Star Wars. Um, we got the trailer, the first official reveal of The Rise of Skywalker. And the title reveal, because yeah. we didn't know what it was. Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker. John, what did you think about the trailer? I think it's a really good trailer. Um, I was in the panel room when they dropped it live, so I'd watched a panel about episode nine with all the cast and JJ and Kathleen Kennedy, and then they played this, this thing twice and it just blew the roof off of that arena. Um, but I think the visuals are really cool behind it. It's just, it's just very dynamic, you know, in the way that we expect Star Wars to be, but also there's a lot of unexpected surprises in this as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, this whole opening thing, like I love how it opens with like the breathing and stuff like that. Very good callback to the last trailer for The Last Jedi where she's breathing. Well, each, I think each trailer has opened someone up with breathing. someone breathing. Yeah, um, so that's pretty cool. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, like you can just go like right into theories from here and stuff like that. But just like it's starting with her doing this backflip is just metal as hell. Mm-hmm. Really cool. It's an expertly crafted trailer. I mm-hmm. mean, like it's it's exciting. It's enticing you want to know more about what's going on it immediately asks like um presents a few new questions it also gives us our first look at some things that we we were like looking forward to and kind of like predicted but then uh, the lando stuff is is just good nostalgia oh yeah seeing c3po hang out with the gang is pretty funny uh they show you leia few brief shots of leia Yeah. yeah it also gives us what might be one of my favorite shots in all of star wars the Death Star in the Ocean. Death Star 2 crashed Death Star in the ocean. Death Star in the ocean. <laughs> Horses in the ocean. <laughs> Palpatine in the bag. Yeah, so and then it ends with the, the familiar cackle of everyone's favorite uh, dictator. <laughs> <laughs> Jared Leto's the Joker. Uh, uh, yeah. Palpatine. 
Palpatine. Yeah, and at, at the panel, they dropped, and then Ian McDermott, who plays the Emperor, came out and said, roll it again, and then dropped the mic, and then they played it again, and everyone lost their minds. Uh, but yeah, it is, a, it is a good crafted teaser. They did very much say, JJ was like, do you guys want to see a teaser? He never called it a trailer. So yeah. they always lean into that where it's like, I guess with the past three movies, they've done like what, like one teaser. And then like months later, we get the f- official trailer. And that's yeah. usually like two or three months before the movie comes out. So by the end of the summer. Yeah. Teaser is teaser is tone. Trailer is plot. Yeah. And so uh, we're getting the tone of the movie. The tone is obviously finality. There's a lot of nostalgia and there's a lot of uh, questions. Yeah. So um, I got some questions for you. Okay. Okay. How long do you think Leia is on screen in terms of minutes? If you had to, six if you had minutes. Six minutes? It's interesting. I think. How that, long do you think Luke is on screen? Skywalker. In case you didn't know who I was referring to. <laughs> a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah. Maybe like 10 to, 10 to 12 minutes. Do you think there will be flashbacks before The Force Awakens with all three of the original characters? No. No. Interesting. No, no, no. No, no, no. They're, they're not going to overdo the Carrie Fisher stuff. Like, she's going to have her in- exit. She's going to exit the film. They're not going to let her die. They're not going to de- kill her. They're going to, like... But do you think Leia's they, going off do to you think they filmed planet? a scene with the three of them when they shot principal photography in The Force Awakens? For Force Awakens? Because I think they did. Because I don't think they bring Harrison back, but I think they have stuff of Harrison that they didn't use. I mean, if they do, that's smart. Um, that would be a huge, huge nostalgia tug. Um, I think I think it will happen. Um, and I have. Is a there a theory. chance that Billy D walks in the room too? Yeah. Okay. No, so I have a theory, and the theory is tied to they had some slideshow presentations as the panel was going on, and there was an image of a rebel blockade runner parked in a in a swamp. Um, or like some type of forest escape. It, it kind of flashed by really quickly. But it's like like a, it's a blockade runner from the opening of Star Wars. It looks too old to be something used by the Resistance. Okay. And I think that there might be a sequence with all of them after Return of the Jedi. Okay. Somewhere in between that and when Luke goes off to maybe form the Jedi Academy. Maybe even before Ben Solo was born. Or yeah. maybe Ben Solo as a young kid. And they potentially made a scene de-aged people i think it's i think it's a realistic possibility that's definitely a possibility um i don't know if there if it is it's it's no dialogue it's just a shot oh no this is definitely they definitely have dialogue for that yeah i don't know i disagree but we'll see i they're not going to linger too much on that on that stuff like so obviously the the theory that goes around and it obvious it seems obvious like when I when I saw the trailer and it gave the rise of Skywalker I was like that's a horrible title that that it doesn't flow off the tongue it doesn't make any sense what does this mean is is this confirming that there's you know bloodlines or whatever but then the theory across all the the wild worldwide webs and that everyone seems to think is that Skywalker will be the new term for Jedi or Force user mm-hmm. uh, that there it's will be moniker. the gray yeah like they're gonna abolish the Jedi and the Sith. Uh, and so many kids and new people are becoming one with the Force. Uh, they will be ter- uh, called Skywalkers. Um, mm-hmm. You agree with this theory? I do. Okay. I do agree with this theory. I think they've been building towards that in a couple of the movies. So, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So this Christmas, huh? 
Christmas time. This is December twentieth, I think. They yeah, said. something like that. I like that shot a lot. Oh yeah, of Kylo tackling that dude. So we, we, here's the one. Here's one of the problems that I have. Okay. And we talked about this earlier today. JJ is going out of the way to introduce a new droid named Dio. And there's no R2-D2 to be seen in this trailer whatsoever. He is known for not having R2-D2 in The Force Awakens, except for like two minutes Yeah. at the end of the film. Ryan Johnson also did not use him that much. He had a scene with Luke, but what's up with R2-D2? Do people not like R2-D2? I said this to you yesterday. He's hard to use in like... These are, these are now, like, big-budget, fast-paced action movies. They're not slow, methodical 70s sci-fi like the original trilogy. Right. So you can't have a scene, <laughs> like you said, around. where he's wheeling out of Bespin going, Wow! And then the lasers are firing. It's like, I get... How about this? What if they transfer R2-D2's consciousness nope. to this Dio robot? No, no, no. Oh, no. but then he'll be a new, brand-new robot, brand-new legs. Hmm. What if he makes the same exact sounds as R2? And and acts just, and then there's a scene with 3PO and he's like, my word, R2, you have gotten shorter. Uh, that sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> um, so moving on to another article about, this came from, um, this came from, we're going to talk about Disney Plus here in a minute because that's a big that's thing. a big thing. Uh, but um, Bob Iger talked at a conference that, he said that Star Wars is going to go on hiatus after Episode Nine comes out. He says, "quote We will have we have not announced any specific plans for movies thereafter. There are movies in development, but we have not announced them." Um, he said that after that, the franchise will focus more on TV projects. Uh, we'll take some quote. We will take a pause, some time, and reset because the Skywalker saga comes to an end with this ninth movie. There will be other Star Wars movies, but there will be a lot a bit be a bit of a hiatus. End quote. So. Um, I think this is good. Yeah, I think so. I think they also really want to promote this streaming service for sure. I think so. it's a it's a smart move because you want to promote the streaming service. And Star Wars was uh, they really they pumped that stuff out, man. They yeah. they oversaturated it for sure. Yeah, they got they got really invested after a long break. Yeah. It, I mean, it's like you you spend four billion dollars on an IP. Yeah. What do you do? You immediately try to find a way to make that money back. And so... Which you, they did. A new trilogy. Yeah. I mean, you did, but then it's like you also risk the, like, interest levels dropping. Sure. Like, sure. oversaturation. Yeah, but that's why then stuff, you take so. a break and then you yeah. pump it back up. And people on. seem to be excited about The Mandalorian. I'm not really looking forward really? to it. Really? I mean, like, I haven't... Did you watch any of it? I watched the leak of it, and it looks fine, but it's like... Which leak? The trailer or the um, scene? Well, I watched the whole panel. Oh, okay. Like, the leak panel that they showed, like, the video clips of, All and the then, video like, they show the trailer, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I mean, it's just not... I mean, like, I, I'm sure that I will, will watch it and enjoy it if it's well-written and a cohesive, like, done story that doesn't feel, like toned down for TV Star Wars? No. It's... I think it's gonna... If anything, it's gonna be more violent. It looks... I think it looks really cool. I like the... I like the setting. I like that we haven't had a story set in that time period yet. Um, Because I was very interested about the fall of the Empire and how that affects the galaxy. Mm -hmm. And they just didn't care about that in the new trilogy. Um, So I'm... I'm pretty cool. I'm pretty excited to see that. There's a lot of cool stuff in that trailer that both nostalgic-wise and, like, oh, shit, that's, like, a really neat idea. Sure. Um, 
like seeing how the IG-88 droid works. Did you see that? He like spins around and shoots people. Like, oh, with his Because in Empire, he's just, he's like literally just there. Like he's like a statue. Um, and they've like blown him up in comics and shit like that. Yeah, exactly. But like in, in this trailer, he's like, his head spins to like target people and like the arms move around and stuff. It looks really cool. Uh, but there's also just like a lot of cool action pieces. Carl Weathers is really fun. I think that that is really hilarious that he's going to be in Star Wars. Do you think um, that I like Taika- Pedro Pascal and I like, I like Pedro Gina Pascal. Carano? Seems like a really cool character. I love the the list of directors that they have for the most part from people that I've seen stuff from. Um, when the panel went on, Taika got the the loudest applause. Obviously, everyone's really excited for that. So I'm curious to see what he does with any type of Star Wars involvement. Um, but the Mandalorian character seems like, I just like how they're, he's like Clint Eastwood in the, uh, the Sergio. Lone gunslinger. Yeah, like the Sergio Leone, um, westerns where he doesn't, it doesn't really matter what his name is and stuff like that. He's just this, like, this entity. Um, and then, like, dude, him hitting a stormtrooper with an axe and, like, breaking the, the face mask, like, that's, that's cool. Yeah. Good stuff. I'm hoping for the best, but I'm I'm not like looking. I'm not jazzed about it like right now. Yeah. I, I'm sure that when it does pop, like it launches day and date with the service. They haven't announced yet. I don't think if it's going to be all episodes dropped at once or if it's going to be like a. They did not say that. They just said that the first one will open November twelfth. What do you think it's going to be, weekly. and what would you prefer? Uh, weekly and weekly. I prefer all at once. Mm. I want to watch that shit one day. I have a problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I like, I need to space myself out because I just turn into a garbage person. I just want to watch the whole story. As much as I like like waiting in between yeah. weeks for Game of Thrones, I want I want to know what happens. Like I mm-hmm. want I want like I had to rewatch. I like that. Infinity I like War that conversation. I like the conversation that you have sure. the week between episodes. I think, and not to say that the Mandalorian will be like Game of Thrones or you know shows like Breaking Bad where you had to wait for the next one. Um, but yeah, I like that style, but they're going to do both on the service. You've seen that, right? So like some of them will be weekly and some of them they'll just like splurge drop. Yep. I saw that. Um, which is pretty interesting. Kind of taking off the Hulu model. Some of their shows do that and others don't. Uh, well, while we're talking about streaming services here, we're going to do some Disney plus here in a bit. Actually, let's do Disney plus now. Okay. Disney plus is going to launch in November. It's priced at $6.99 monthly. Uh, the subscription. Is that low? Huh? We, pre- we predicted higher than that, didn't so we? So analysts were predicting 7 to $8, which is what it landed at, at about $7. Mm-hmm. I was predicting 10 rival Hulu. Mm-hmm. Hulu and Netflix. Netflix like, is like 12 or 13 bucks a month, right? Right now, yeah. Hulu is like 10 with no with ads. 12 without ads. Um, $6.99 is a steal, in my opinion, if the service is as good as it is with so as much what, content as it is. That's what I'm wondering, is how much content on the day of... Uh, dropping. Well, that was what they. Um, hold on. Will I be able to watch I the Apple Dumpling Gang? In the first year after its launch, Disney Plus will include seven thousand five hundred episodes of current and off-air TV shows, twenty-five original series, ten original movies and specials, four hundred library movie titles, and one hundred recent theatrical films release. Um, that includes the rights to all thirty seasons of The Simpsons. Um, the Simpsons are going to be on Disney Plus? All 30 seasons. Wow. Yep. That's pretty nuts. So I don't know if it's going to be like the entire thing at launch, but think about this. If you have 400 library movie titles in your catalog, even a quarter of that is 100 movies to choose from. And they're all 
classics. Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, or Fox. Yeah. yeah. Well, they showed the like the splash screen, so everything that's on this screen will be available at launch. I think Moana, is what they said at the conference. So Star, Star Wars, Wars Black, Black Panther, Panther. And Frozen. <laughs> <laughs> That's my top five favorite movies. <laughs> but then they've got the thing for National Geographic. They have a page for Star Wars, a page for Marvel. So you would have to assume that there's more than just one or two. I would imagine all of the Star Wars movies and Marvel movies would be up there. Oh, bless my heart. Bless my heart. Which is good because I don't own all the Marvel movies, and yeah. I would love to rewatch some of the older ones. Um, this this yeah, new Star Wars thing coming. sounds pretty cool. Maybe I'll buy into the Plus service and check it out. <laughs> Never seen it. Is that the movie with Spock? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And uh, the um, the Xenomorph, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So after Disney Plus was announced, uh, stocks in Disney rose to an all-time high. Uh, stocks of Netflix dropped. Stocks of HBO dropped, I believe, and, like, Time Warner. What's going to happen in the fallout of the streaming wars? Like, is it going to be like the Terminator? I think. <laughs> it's just Disney Plus machines roaming around <laughs> looking for the survivors. <laughs> Feed me your Netflix. <laughs> uh, I don't, I do not know. I think, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Netflix is moving in a very interesting direction because they have a ton of content that people, like, Netflix survives because they make so much money off of people just keeping their subscription and not, like canceling it because they have shows like The Office and Parks and Rec that people just put on and forget about. Shows that are just like background noise. And then they make money on their original content that they they spend a ton of money on to try and get like more people to subscribe and then stay on their platform. Disney Plus has the luxury of knowing that like they instantly have a following because of their library. They have they have a 400 movie library of stuff that like parents will buy for their kids you know yeah this is a money saver for families this is a good thing for geeks like us that like marvel star wars natural geographic like all this stuff i don't know it's gonna be an interesting few years after disney plus comes out i think like hulu's gonna cease to exist soon that's just gonna be completely absolved i think it's gonna get absorbed yeah um and HBO might be going the way of the dodo. Uh, story on HBOwatch.com said, Study finds that 37% of Game of Thrones viewers are likely to cancel HBO after the show ends. That being Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, it was research firm des- decision data uh, that you can go to on the this website if you want to. They found 37% of them are likely to cancel their HBO subscription, 13% very likely, and 24% somewhat likely. If their survey is accurate, this can mean millions of people simultaneously canceling their subscriptions at once, a huge hit to the network. Um, obviously, this isn't the first time this happens. A lot. This is like consistent data is that like people will subscribe for Game of Thrones and then cancel and then renew the next year for the next season, which is what I did and what I will do. <laughs> So I'm part of that. I'm part of that 37%. Are you? I don't have HBO, so <laughs> I use Grayson's. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, but that's kind of a bummer because I heard that there's some uh, there's some other shows on HBO. I don't know if you heard about this. Yeah. But there dude. are other things besides Game there of Thrones on things. there, and there's some things that are really good. Yeah. I've heard Barry is like fantastic. That's what I've heard too. Uh, I've been I, wanting I, to watch. I love people like Veep. I like Veep. A I've lot. been I've watching. Not watched all of it. But I've been watching good. Eastbound and Down. You ever okay. seen that show? No, but I like that song. <laughs> 
it's loading that, up and shrugging. It's uh, it's got, got Danny McBride, who uh, I, don't you, like I know Danny you don't McBride. like that. I love him. <laughs> that pisses me off. Um, this well, is Radiovania, sponsored by Danny McBride. Even, <laughs> sponsored by the Danny McBride Foundation. Um, Game of Thrones was pr- the premiere of Game of Thrones this season was pirated nearly fifty five million times in one day. Uh, the uh, the analytics company MUSO that's about seventy six point six percent of of those viewers relied on bootleg streams, while the rest were split between downloads, public torrents, and private torrents. Um, Ten million of those illegal downloads came from India where HBO is relatively difficult to access in any format. Five million came from China. Uh, The U.S. was just shy of four million uh, pirated views. Way to go. Go us. Yeah, (laughs) we're not evil. (laughs) Um, So not only are people canceling their HBO subscriptions, but people are just actively not paying for it they're just pirating it at this yeah. point so what do you think of game of thrones so far this season uh it's it's good it's the first two episodes have been slow builds no spoilers for game of thrones yeah um because so, nothing's happened nothing's happened <laughs> uh so no some pretty important stuff has happened i think set up in retrospect yeah i think once this season is over we're going to look back on the first two episodes it's very poignant for the series yeah but um we're not. There's no action yet, which is there's a lot of that in Game of Thrones. They do that in their first couple episodes. Like I always go back to this in the first or second episode of Game of Thrones. Um, they're all about to go to King's Landing, right? And Sean Bean is talking to Jon Snow, and he's like, "Tell me about my mother." And he's like, "Tell me about my mother." And then Sean Bean's like, "I'll tell you what. When we get back from King's Landing, I'll tell you about your mother." And then he's like. Leaves and then you're like, oh, cool, and then we all know what happens. Yeah, and so it's been like, and then like, what? We have like four or five seasons until you find out about his mom. It's like stuff like that. It's like there's a lot of good writing by those guys, those two writers. Yeah. Um, In terms of of season construction, for the most part, there are some seasons that are bloated. Yeah. What I do, what I do like about this latest season of Game of Thrones, and we won't linger on this too much because it's hard to talk about Game of Thrones without talking about spoilers. But um, Carly is rewatching through the entire series in an attempt to finish it before the finale. The finale. Oof. I don't think it's going to happen. It's possible. It's possible. She's Anything got, is possible. She's got four if you're weeks. determinated, she's got four. Weeks. If you're determinated, you can do it. But you can do a, you can do a season in a day, like healthily. But I can't, in good conscience, watch any of that season five of that show because it's, it's the worst season of television ever okay that that's is, the high sparrow that is not the worst season of television ever. <laughs> you are such an exaggerated yeah, man I know, I know. but that season has a, one of my favorite episodes ever hard home yeah yeah that's so like, just watch that's that like one the, and then be that's done that's like with the it. best episode of game of thrones no it's not opinion. the best episode but, but, so. that, but you can just watch that one and skip the rest of the season it's so good it is good those last three episodes are bangers of that season mm. it's the first Seven that you spend with the high sparrow that sucks. You're, that you're like, come on. It's miserable. That's a miserable it's season. It's like so like that season. Let's see, that season Tyrion's riding on a boat for four uh, episodes. John is counting now. food for seven episodes. So stupid. But like eight, nine, and ten of that season is pretty crazy. Yeah. Melisandre's doing Melisandre things. Melisandre's being Melisandre. Yeah. Um but yeah. She's I, like having Jon Snow touch her boobie. It's just funny, like watching watching the new season, like the current season. And then, like, watching an episode or two of the first season with her, I'm like, man, this show got better as it went along. It did. Uh, the production went way up. Production went up. 
Um, Lighting just got better, too. <laughs> coherence of story went up. Yeah. This is something I think Game of Thrones struggled with, and it struggled with me, personally. There's a lot of storylines. It's a lot of storylines, and they're not focused enough. Like, I really like how this season and last season have been super seasons, focused. Seasons six through eight, they've really streamlined it. Yes. Yeah, and it's, it's yeah. They're the best seasons of, of the show. Yeah. Six, seven, eight have I'm been, like, fan. Well, almost flawless. Because so six, far. seven, and eight have been rewarding seasons of the show. You know what I mean? Like, you put your time in, you get that good time out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to see how it concludes. I've got a lot of predictions. So this for next su- this week. Sunday, tomorrow, tomorrow is a big episode. Yikes! Directed by the guy who directed Battle of the Bastards. Battle of the Bastards. So that'll be fun. That guy also directed a couple other. Did he do? I don't remember. Uh, he's done a lot of the big ones. Though, yeah. So. Yeah, they're bringing back all their best directors. Like the guy David Nutter that did like the Red Wedding. He directed the last two episodes. Um, so really good. Directors cast on all front. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, next up. Got the horses in the back. I got that Joker in the trailer. Yeah, the Joker. Joaquin Phoenix player. <laughs> Man. Thoughts? We finally get our first look at the long it is mocked. Better than I thought it was going to be based on this teaser. Yes. Um, it is creepy. Yes very haunting the visuals are very dark and dim yet it's like so it's really like that's just like creepy you know what i mean mm-hmm. and like they want you to feel bad for the joker and stuff like that and it's an interesting way of going about it like they're they're taking the theme of the killing joke which is all it takes is one bad day to turn you from the person you are into a monster yeah uh, which is one of my favorite stories in all of fiction is that killing joke story i mm-hmm. think it's brilliant writing if you haven't read it, go read it. Yeah, don't watch, don't watch the cartoon. <laughs> um, but like this is like it's just interesting. Like it's like um, it's almost like it's a like a parallel universe DC story. You know what I mean? And I'm kind of into how DC's just like, eh, connected universe, smacked in the universe. Like we're just gonna do this. Like Arkham's a hospital and stuff like that that we see in this trailer. Yeah. Like there's just all these really. Well, it's a hospital now. It probably changes to an asylum. Yeah. I mean, that's my favorite part is him laughing on the subway. Laughing on the subway. He's just freaking out. Yeah. So something I want to point out that I'm really impressed with this trailer is the physicality of Joaquin Phoenix mm-hmm. from the way that his body is like contorting to like this scene where he like he takes a punch like very Heath Ledger like the way that his body moves like he he feels very like something I didn't like gangly about, something yeah something I didn't like about um I mean you could say it about Jack Nicholson's Joker too but like something I didn't like about the more comic Jokers is that they're like they're a little bit more they're like untouchable. Mm-hmm. I like that they like Heath Ledger and Joaquin Phoenix kind of get tossed around a little bit. Sure, sure. And Jack it, Nicholson just gets punched at the end. A yeah, bunch, it yeah. just makes them. Jack Nicholson also doesn't do anything. Action. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it makes him more human. Um, but yeah, this the, is awesome right there. Like the the shoes are all like really big on him too. You know, like they just look like clown shoes. Yeah, I am. Tossed out uh, things. This I is am, a Morton Scorsese. Um, produced film, correct? Is that still happening? Oh, I don't think Scorsese has anything to do with this film. They had they had speculated it that it was. Maybe it isn't. Anymore. I think people are just drawing comparisons to like the King of Comedy. Yes, that's exactly what they are. Um, yeah. I don't. Robert think, De Niro is in this yeah, movie. Yeah, De Niro is in the movie. Um, my my expectations. My, I don't want to get like. I'm worried about getting so excited. I'm I, because I want like I want I want this movie to be like. 
a completely standalone, no frills, no attachments, complete insane dive. But then you have to remember, it's like, how do you market that? You know, it's like, not like... It's usually, a Halloween movie. It's a Halloween movie. So yeah, I mean, I guess that's how you would do it. But we don't know for sure if it's going to be R-rated, right? They I, haven't said for sure. Ha- I thought they said they were going for it. I don't... I'm worried this is going to be a little light on the film. Well, if it's PG-13, we've seen how good a PG-13 Joker can be. So that doesn't necessarily bother that's me true. as much. Um, but I, I do think it will be rated R. I think it's going to be really I intense. So. I, I bet you it lands at PG-13. Drink bet? No. <laughs> Pussy. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Joker, not much more to say other than, um, I also do think that step up in terms of cinematography from like, you know what who shot this movie? DC. Who? The guy who directed the hangover. Well, he didn't shoot the movie. The director is the guy that did the hangover. The director of cinematography is just some other guy. Okay. Yeah. But like the director is what I meant. Sure. Yeah. That, that's another that's reason like, to be scared is that like Todd Phillips is not like the best with drama. Uh, he just did a star is born. With that was Cooper. Todd Phillips. He helped, he helped him. Yeah, he was a he was a like a co-producer. Interesting. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Anything could happen with this movie. It could be terrible. It could be the worst thing ever. It could also be like a revelation. Mm-hmm. It could be Hellboy. It could be Hellboy. That's true. It could bomb. <laughs> I bet you this movie doesn't make very much money. Like, I mean, their production budget is probably pretty low. I don't think they'll make that much money. But the they said it's like 40, 40 million or something. Zazie forty Beats million for this? Yeah. Or something like that. It's very low budget. Like, I like that a lot right there. Yeah, that's a good shot. Well, that's it's the like thing. Is Arkham, that like the game. You know what I mean? Like, the wh- guy, like, freaking out in a chair. But it's like, that's the perfect... This is the perfect, like, thing. It's like, that shot is is nuanced. Like, if this were if this were Batman v Superman, it would be an insane close-up on this guy wailing and screaming. <clears throat> and then it would, like, quick close-up to Joker just, like, standing there. Yeah. And then it would, like, be a wide shot, and then someone would say something, like, goofy, and then they'd leave. It's like because Zack Snyder doesn't really know how to direct that well. Yeah, this is, like, a very, like... This is, like, an indie... This feels like an indie movie. Like, it feels like an art house... Like, a Wes Anderson movie, almost. You know what it's it reminds like me of? This is, this might not be a good comparison, but it kind of reminds me of Shutter Island. Yeah, I get Shutter Island vibes. You know what I mean? Like, just kind of... Like, it's very weird... Just, uh, just weird. Like that, yeah, that part in the bar where he's the only guy laughing in the bar too. Oh, oh, that shot gives me chills, man. Yeah, him making the that's smile. Right that's amazing. Think he's gonna cut his lips open? Yeah, for sure. You wanna know how I got that's, these scars? See, that's the reason why I hope it's like R-rated is that you gotta... Do you like, think this is a origin to Heath Ledger's Joker? No. I don't think so either. No, separate Could universe. be though. Completely standalone. No, no attachments whatsoever. Cool, cool. What would be funny though? I'm is worried if, that they're gonna fuck that up. But. If this movie makes a bunch of money and they can't get Batman going, but they have like Joker movies, that'll be pretty. Fun. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, so, uh, we just got word that Shazam writer Henry Gaiden is coming back to write the sequel, uh, and I also just realized that we never talked about Shazam because the last podcast we did was okay, right before, before Shazam. Shazam. And so, is that true? Yeah, we texted about it, but we That's never right. got to yeah. like give our full opinions on the show. That's true. So, John? Yes. We both saw Shazam. We did. Shazam! Shazam! What'd you think? I thought it was fun. It's a fun movie. Yeah. It's um, It's got some good comedic moments, some of which were ruined by trailers, but yes. you, have to, you have to get people in theaters, which I understand. Um, but still, they, I feel like they saved some good things for it. 
Um, I like how much they borrowed from the Jeff Johns Shazam run. I think it services the character really well. Uh, I wasn't super into the villain that much. Um, I do like Mark Strong a bunch. I know you enjoyed the origin a little bit more than I did. Um, but I just really like, I just like Zach Levi being a goofball for like a couple hours. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. Highlight um, of the movie is the tone. Like mm-hmm. the highlight of the movie is that it's, it has a very, very consistent and interesting tone. Like it's not, it's not all goofy. It's a fine line. Like there's some really dark stuff. And that was the stuff that I really liked. Like I liked that when it was goofy, like the highlights of the movie is, is Freddie and, um, Billy's like relationship with each other. Sure. Um, the family dynamic. Yes, the family yeah. dynamic between them. I really didn't. Family like, dynamic as a whole, kind of being the theme. The thing though is that I didn't like any of the other kid actors except for the young young girl. Like she Darla. was she was cute or whatever, but like the the chubbier kid and then the older sister. They were all they all just read to me like bad sitcom actors. Like they <laughs> they didn't they didn't work. Like they, I mean they were like fine as kids, but, like, they were pretty bad kid actors for me. The highlight for me was the relationship between Billy and Freddie. The thing that I really liked, though, is that, like, echoing what you said about the the opening and the villain, is that... Dr. Savannah. I didn't like the villain after... The, well, okay, so I'll re- phrase this in reverse. The, the intro of the movie was amazing. Hmm. I loved it, because um, it was incredibly dark. I wasn't expecting it. You get, like this dad and this, and the older son like picking on the kid like you can immediately tell it's like it's like a, it's a dynamic that if you've not like experienced it you can like see it in other people where it's like you know f- families can like rag on the runts of the the family or like like some like a kid being a disappointment that's something that everyone deals with sometimes sure. and so like having them like wail on him and like double down on his insecurities which he obviously feels is like you immediately have sympathy for this kid. Mm-hmm. And so when he is denied like all powerfulness and like the power, of the power to be something more than what he is and be powerful and not weak against his superiors, uh, he has that taken away from him and that's what changes him to be evil. The problem is that that same humanity is never again brought up for the rest of the movie. And for Dr. For Savannah? Doc- yeah, for Savannah. Which bummed me out because, like, Billy and Sylvana kind of, like, deal with the same issues. Just, in, they're in the same, they're ways. supposed to be the same people. Yeah. Right. They, they're supposed to go through a similar trial together. One took it by force. One was reluctantly taking yes. it. It's the heroic journey. Right? And, yeah. And so they have a lot of, like, similarities that they could tie on. And never once was there a moment where they, like, had a heart-to-heart. Like, even, mm-hmm. albeit for a few lines of dialogue, like, just a couple things where it was, like, Billy's like frustratingly is like I just had to like spoilers for Shazam spoilers for Shazam spoilers spoilers Billy's like I just had to walk away from my actual birth mother how do you think I feel right now mm-hmm. and he could go like oh, I did the same thing yeah and there's like just a, something to give to him be a fair, little humanity spoilers for Shazam again he is full of demons so that is t- kind of clouding the way he acted yeah. um but then but the I end, see what when you he mean. doesn't have demons, he's in the jail cell going, yeah. scribbling on the walls, <laughs> talking to a caterpillar. Mr. Mind, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. That was, I mean, the movie. What's your fi- what was your favorite 
since we already are in spoiler territory, what was your like the funniest part to you? The funniest part of there, Shazam. So like my theater, Grayson and I went. Grayson took me for my birthday. Oh. Shout out to Grayson. It was, yeah, what was up, it, Grayson? You didn't good, come, you bitch. Okay, <laughs> that's rude. He's shopping for a car too. Uh, <laughs> but uh, our theater, we had a blast. Like it was like people were like laughing at a lot of different stuff, even the stuff that was already seen in the trailer. But our the one that was the biggest for everybody, I'm curious to see if it was the same for yours. Well, so the thing is that we saw it on like a Tuesday or a Wednesday after work, and so our theater was like half full. Mm. It was the weekend after the movie came out, so our theater was like not not super jazzed about it. It wasn't a very excited theater. Sure. Um, uh, I can't even remember what got the biggest laugh, to be honest with you. What about that you can remember for yourself? You might have to go first and jog my memory. Okay. Because I can't think of anything so funny. The one that got the biggest laugh for us was in the convenience store. Oh, shoot me in the face. Shoot me in the face, which was so funny. And I was really glad that that part didn't get revealed because that shit was hilarious. So I remember <laughs> the part that got the biggest laugh out of me for no real good reason was the big reference. Oh, yeah, on the With, piano? Because I, that the, was good. the comedic timing of him looking down and looking up and then Mark <laughs> Strong, like, it's a, it's a dead-on shot of him running at the camera, and it's, like, the funniest fucking thing. He's, like, because it's, like, dead serious Mark Strong with sunglasses going, ding, do, ding, do, ding, 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 and he tackles him. I, I, like, lost it. I was, like, laughing. I was laughing so hard. Yeah. Uh, but I can't really think of any other moments that my theater really burst out. Um, laughing about the another one that people really like the strip club scene too got a good that laugh. was the that was the thing like, why'd you think of this place when they're running out and like covering up the youngest yeah, yeah that was a big one um, and the, the chubby kids like not my thing <laughs> <laughs> I was like ah what up um, I liked and our theater really got into when he's like a street performer yeah. and he's like shooting lightning doing the rocky lightning thing lightning with my hands yeah because it's, <laughs> it's in uh, it's in Philly right so that was, yeah. yeah so stuff like that uh, but yeah, we just had a good crowd all around. It was yeah, pretty fun. Good. I probably would have enjoyed it more if I had a better crowd. But yeah, um, yeah overall, I, I liked it. It's probably the best DC movie since Man of Steel for me. Uh, I liked it better than Wonder Woman. Uh, good emotional heart, even though I didn't like super resonate with the the, the villain in the latter half and mm-hmm. a lot of the other kid actors. Mm-hmm. I thought it had a good message and it was fun. That scene with his birth mom is probably the best scene in the yeah, film in terms sure. of like for acting sure. and, and, and writing really and stuff dark. like that. Yeah, really, really dark. Really tough subject matter that they were tapping into for a life. Maybe tear up a little bit too, just in terms of like... It's sad. Yeah, it's really you, sad. Yeah, Billy you, Batson is not a... Like, he's always been in the 30s. He's like, oh, gee, Willikers. You know, and it's like, that's why I like that they did that with him in this. He's like, oh, swell officer and all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, like, Jeff Johns really made it dark in the comics. I'm glad that they took that route. Because I think that's a more dynamic character for the film. I think it was smart, too, having... uh, Oh, I remember what the other funny part was. But I'll let you finish your your moment. I was just going to say it's smart. I think it was a smart decision having David F. Sandberg handle this movie, too. Yes, for the same reason that James Wan did Aquaman but failed, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Because James Wan and David F. Sandberg are both horror directors. Mm-hmm. James Wan didn't really apply that filter to Aquaman. David F. Sandberg definitely applied it to Aquaman, uh, to Shazam. Mm-hmm. Like, there was some scary shit in this movie. Yeah. Also, kids, movie. kids ruined my show. I gotta tell you the story. Move on. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about this part. I Someone ruined our showing, too. But, so one of the things that was really funny that I thought was hilarious and very clever because they do this in almost every superhero movie. Yeah. Is when they are 
really far from each other, flying in yes, the sky. That was, that was and really he's good like too, talking yeah. to him, and he's like, I, I can't. I can't. He's like, there's wind, and there's cars going by, and he's like, I don't know yeah, what you're saying. Good. Like that, I thought was really clever. That felt like something that like they would come up in Deadpool. You know what I mean? Where it's like picking apart. Yeah. And the thing that I also really liked about Shazam is they did not hold back on making fun of themselves. Like they made fun of Superman and Batman and yeah. Aquaman. Like they they really kind of just dove into being like. Yeah, we fucked up. Let's we know we're in on the joke. Yeah, let's make yeah. let's make a joke out of it. That's fine. Yeah, um, yeah. My theater. This mom. This mom had her like four year old kids yeah, at, the the, at the front of at the front of the thing. Of this, yeah. And I get it. It's like I was like, it's a kids movie. Same thing with Avengers. It's like if you go into that movie and there's kids, you kind of have to put on like a blinder a little bit. It's like it's a kids movie. Kids are supposed to see it. You want kids to go to a movie and look up to their heroes. But at the same fucking time, control your damn kids, America. Control your damn kids. If your kids are, for instance, standing up and doing jumping jacks, not on the floor of the theater, mind you, <laughs> but they climbed up to the stage below where the screen sits. Do you know how there's, like, yeah. the raised stage? The kids climbed up on that and did jumping jacks for a questionable amount of time before <laughs> someone from the audience had to go, like, to go to this woman and say, can you, because I overheard them saying, like, can you please get your kids down off of the thing? And she was like, she was probably just like, fine. She, she was, I was like, ah, I, I, just wanted to, I, I, I was in so much anger, so much anger. And so like that, that I had to like suppress that part of me that hates going to the theater for that. But yeah. Cool. Shazam. 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 Next. Uh, one last news story before we get into Marvel talk, and we're also coming oh, up on an hour, know, so it'll be perfect. I, I didn't know this. Yeah, James Bond's Twitter account just tweeted the 25th of April, which was two days ago, that Rami Malek has officially joined the cast of Bond 25. Is he is he Bond? No, villain. Or at least people are assuming it's a villain. This is the next Daniel is Craig. Craig. This is the back? last Craig film. That the last one was the last Craig. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can watch another Daniel Craig. Bond oh, movie. it'll be fine. He They're is gonna wrap so. It up done with that movie they're gonna wrap it up now that he knows it's the victory lap they're gonna wrap it up dude you've seen Spectre now right he's so lazy in that movie that he like (laughs) like when they're doing takes he like shoots the gun once and then just like puts it down and it's like yeah in post make sure that that guy's dead he's like he's just so lazy in that so lazy it's a good movie but come on yeah, Daniel Craig is not my He's favorite done. Bond. He's, but who is your favorite Bond? Have we ever talked about this? Sean Connery. Nice. Mad respect. Mad respect. Me too. Just because I like Sean Connery. I'm not the biggest Bond fan. I mean, I, the Daniel Craig movies, Casino Royale, Spectre, uh, uh, I guess I liked the last one. Spectre. Spectre. You like Skyfall? Skyfall, that's what I was thinking of. Skyfall, yeah. Spectre, Casino Royale. I like those are my favorite Bond movies. So the, all of the Craig all of ones them. then. But <laughs> my favorite James Bond is not Daniel Craig. Is the campy Bond? Sure, yes. I well, like actually, that. Actually, he's Bond. not even as campy. Roger Moore is the campiest of the campy. I thought Christmas only came once a year. Oh my god. Um, Good stuff. I like so yeah. I like Sean Connery the best. Mm-hmm. But my favorite Bond movie is Goldeneye, for sure. Goldeneye's a dank. Pure '90s '90s nostalgia. Oh yeah, Goldeneye rocks. Pierce Brosnan, Sam K. Jansen, uh, Sean Bean. Sean Sean Bean's probably my favorite Bond villain. Oof, actually, the guy in um, in Casino Royale is really good. Uh, The Chief. Mads Mikkelsen's in that. Mads Mikkelsen. Bless up. Is he dead? (laughs) No. Is he in? 
Kiss the Sky. Is he in a Marvel movie? Yeah, he's, he's in uh, Doctor Strange. Yeah, he's uh, Mount. No, he's someone. He's, he's like, the cursed one. Yeah, there isn't there like three villains in that movie. I still haven't seen that movie. You haven't seen. You gotta see Doctor Strange. It's a good movie. I've seen the first half. It's good. It's a really good movie. Where's Rachel, Rachel McAdams in? Never mind, sorry. Who cares? <laughs> <clears throat> I like Rachel McAdams. I think she's cute. Yeah, she is cute. Uh, but yeah, so Rami Malek, obviously my big, like huge man crush on that dude. Mm-hmm. I love him to death. Mm-hmm. Zach currently has a he's fully torqued. I I I think <laughs> I, I the, he can only go up from here. He just won Best Actor mm-hmm. at the Grammys. Grammys, Jesus Christ! At the Oscars. Zing. Check, please. <laughs> uh, Mr. Robot is coming to its final season, uh, which is one of my favorite shows ever made. I think he is a fantastic actor, and uh, he's very villainous. I can't wait to see what they do. I hope it's not a letdown. He looks like a villain. He's very... Yeah, he's, he's he lo- menacing without being, he like, looks scary like a, looking. He looks like a villain, yeah. Um, that'll be cool. Yeah. Wait, I... It's, it's another Craig, so that means they're gonna have that that blonde girl probably from the last one. Do you think she's still around? Maybe. All right, so we're officially at the hour mark. So John, we're gonna take a little pee break, and then we're gonna come back with Avengers. Give me an echo. End game. End game. End game. End game. Sunday. 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 And that's all we get before YouTube can copyright us. That's right, folks. Avengers Endgame. I'm going to take this. Daddy needs juice. I want to tell people about these cups we're drinking out of before we continue. So it's supposed to be a coffee mug, but the handle is like a little nub. Yeah. There's no like loop. It's not a loop for a finger. So you, you have to, to hold like it you like have to this. like make you have to pinch it. You have to either pinch from the top or the side. That's what she said. But if you pinch <laughs> from the top and the bottom, then you get uneven, disproportionate wiggle room here. Not if you have strong wrists. Get those. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Avengers. <laughs> Can't nobody tell me nothing. Someone needs to mash up Old Town Road and the Avengers theme song. Ooh, that would be good. Yeah. How are we how are we gonna do this? Can't tell me nothing. <laughs> I thought you were going to put Avengers lyrics on the Old Town Road. Got the so. horses in the back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, we need to talk about this movie before we get off track. Um, Zach's been stewing on it for about 16 hours. Yeah, so we saw it last night at 9.40. Our showing got out around 1.30 in the morning, 1, 1.15 in the morning, somewhere mm-hmm. around there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Clocking it, clocking in, sorry, at 182 minutes, Avengers Endgame is currently sitting at a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. Ah, uh, the old tomato. 93% uh, audience score, and this is counting uh, 376 critic reviews and 12,000 user ratings. What was Infinity War? I'm about to look that up. Yeah, let me know. Let me know, um, let me know, no, no. Infinity War landed at an 85%. Really? Critic score, 91% audience score. Okay. So the critic score for Infinity War is almost a whole 10% less than Endgame. That's interesting. It is very interesting. Do you think 10% of that score 
like the gap between those two because because I think they're these movies are are currently fighting in terms of which one I like more. Yeah, we'll talk. Um, about, yeah, but yeah, do yeah. you think that that ten percent from a critic standpoint is like a an achievement? You like when someone gets an Oscar nomination because they've been an actor for very long or something like Glenn Close when she recently got nominated again for like the sixth time. Yeah, um, I don't know. Hmm. Something else to think about is that. Infinity War had 427 reviews counted with 85%. Endgame is only a 376. So there's a good 90 it's not gonna, reviews. It's not going to sway it a whole lot, but... No, no bro. <laughs> um, no. I don't know why there's the... We'll talk about the disparity here in a sec, because I'm curious about your, your opinions. But um, before we jump into our personal opinions, let's hear about some money. You like money, John? I do. Money! Mm-hmm. Um, this comes from CNN.com. It says Avengers Endgame has made an estimated $644 million at the worldwide box office, making it the biggest global opening in film history. Yep. And the weekend isn't even close to being over. Yeah. The Disney and Marvel films surpassed the, hel- the, the record held by Infinity War, which made $641 million. So $3 million more uh, Endgame made on opening day um, last April. Uh, Endgame has grossed an estimated $487 million overseas, which breaks the record for the biggest opening weekend internationally, which was held by 2017's The Fate of the Furious. Uh, Endgame also has the highest-grossing three-day start ever in China. The film has so far made $217 million there. Um, biggest opening day ever in North America, with an estimated $156.7 million. Uh, which is 37 million more than than uh, the previous record's total, which was held by the Force Awakens. The Force Awakens. Yep. Um, so it's going to cross a billion for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. The question is, what's in the is Avatar still number one? Avatar is still like number two one. Two billion? Does it beat two Avatar? Two point something mil- billion. Does it beat Avatar? Avatar box office. 2.788 Avatar is like an anomaly. It's like an earthquake. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's, it's a, that was a, a force of nature almost when that movie came out. Yeah. Like in hindsight, I don't even really like that movie that much, but I had to see it and I saw it like three times <laughs> and I don't know why. Yeah. Avatar's box office is also an anomaly because, uh, let me pull up the numbers here because it is fascinating. Not necessarily inflation. Yeah. Domestic total, domestic gross, domestic in the U.S. for Avatar, seven hundred and sixty million. That's because Force Awakens has the well. They had before. I think Infinity War beat it now, if I remember correctly. But didn't didn't um, Avatar get beaten on domestics by the Force Awakens, and then Force Awakens got beat by Infinity War last year? Mm, or are they maybe. still the number one domestic? I don't know. We'll look it up here in a sec. Yeah, yeah. What we'll to but, do? Yeah, we'll domestic do, for we'll Avatar. A, a numbers crunch another time. <laughs> domestic for Avatar seven hundred sixty million. Foreign gross for Avatar two billion. Two billion twenty seven million. Wow. So like twenty seven percent, according to Box Office Mojo, of that movie's profits came from the U.S. Everything else is overseas. Yeah. So that movie hit worldwide. Yeah, it was, it was a, a worldwide it was a hit. phenomenon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whether or not Endgame can do that, uh, John, what do you think? I would like it to, but I don't think it will. 
I think that Avatar is like a, a lightning in a bottle scenario. I don't know what it's going to take to take that thing down. It might not ever. Might not ever. Yeah, unless you increase the amount of the dollar. <laughs> <laughs> um, according to this list, I don't think it's been updated yet, but Star Wars The Force Awakens still has the highest lifetime gross domestic. Okay. At, seven, at $936 million, so, so it did just shy of a bill. Um, Avatar. I contributed to that quite a bit. (laughs) Saw that movie seven times. Seven times. Um, one of those posters. So John, uh, give me your non-spoiler Avengers Endgame. So hard to do that. It is very hard, but Uh, try your best. It is a good film. (laughs) Uh, I just made a Kermit the Frog neck, but it was a good film. Um, uh, well. You see, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the uh, Avengers Endgame is uh, it's a good culmination of a bunch of, you know, movies over the past uh, mm-hmm, like uh, ten years. You sounded more like George Lucas now than Kermit the Frog. It's like poetry. <laughs> <laughs> I I envision it as three three act plays. Um, no, Endgame is. I said this earlier. We talked to Connor on the phone earlier. Yeah. It's fan. It's fan service in the highest degree, in a good way. It is rewarding those that have invested their time into 22 films since 2008. Um, to think that when I saw Iron Man in theaters with my mom, and it was about a guy that I didn't really care about in the comics, to see where this franchise has gone, and to now it's, if you want to say, conclusion to this story that started back then, has been quite the ride. Um, and it pays off pretty much almost everything. I would say there it's damn near perfect in terms of, of giving credit where credit is due to a lot of the characters that you like but for them to be able to get everybody that movie would have had to been four and a half hours yeah so what we were able to get i think is a really well edited um cinematic event i think the russo brothers and the writers um putting that thing together because there's a lot of moving parts in that movie when we get into spoiler talk and uh it's it's a feat oh yeah so Definitely worth... I mean, this is not one that you don't want to not see in the theater. So no. Go check it out. Yeah. Hopefully see it soon so you can see it with a bunch of other people that haven't seen it before. I think when it's everyone's first time in the theater, it makes it a lot more worthwhile. Yeah. Um, I agree with most everything you said. Uh, I think that this movie is uh, incredibly special. I think that... It's weird thinking about it in terms of like, it's not really a movie, you know. It's like a culmination of everything. Yeah. It's 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 an it's an anomaly. That no, like nothing gra- like this has ever like been done before. Graduating high school. <laughs> nothing like this movie will, has done before and may never be done again. Like, there's I mean there's a chance we now other directors, young aspiring directors now know the formula, right? Mm. It's whether or not you can hit lightning in a bottle again with something like Iron Man and catch the fire and start you know an entire... You catch, things? you catch things by snapping them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I think Endgame is a must-see. If you're, if you're a fan of these movies, it's a must-see. If you're a fan of... So here's... Before you continue, do you have to see all of them to get the most out of this movie? Because I think you do. I, I told Shelby the movies to watch before seeing this, and there are some in this movie that she definitely did not see. Yeah. 
so that are referenced heavily. I don't. I I think that. I think that you can still. Let's put it this way. Okay. Average Joe Schmo that doesn't that doesn't like. Let's call him Lucas. Lucas. <laughs> if Lucas were to go and see this movie and not know anything about the Avengers and just say, like, I'll just check this out. It's the summer blockbuster movie. It's action comic book heroes. They're not going to give one iota about anything in this film. Correct. This is payoff. Correct. So you do need context, but I do think that there's, there's enough... Of context. But I do think there's enough in this movie... There's enough context if you were to see Infinity War that you would still get payoff on a lot of that because you still have the same through line. But it won't be the same and the magnitude will be severely dampened. So I think that whole last 20 minutes, if you haven't seen all of the movies, yep. are, they're nothing. I mean, it's still I mean, it's good, good action. Right. And so it's... And it's cl- I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about the action. I'm talking about the conclusion. Like, sure. all of that relies heavily on the... If you know those characters and if you've seen those yeah. trilogies of other characters and or standoff movies, stuff like that. Yeah. And these... The Marvel movies consistently make a ton of money. They're consistently, like, the highest box office thing in the world. They consistently make more and more money each time. So you can argue the fact that most people have probably seen this. So this point is probably not, like, super relevant. It's hard to find someone that's not seen at least one of these movies. Right. But it serves you the best if you've seen it. It does. I do. I, I agree with that. I think that this is a movie that is unique in the fact that it's it, not that it works hurts. because of everything. It that, doesn't that hurt it. Think. I'm not saying that it hurts it. You know, it's just like that's just like a fact to yeah. be made. Is that like that's part of being a fan and that's part of fan service is mm-hmm. that you know about it when other people might not because their reward the people that have invested their time. Yeah. I do think that... I think And we're going to keep going back to this, but sure, I think... I think you could have gotten into Infinity War without seeing the other movies, yes, and it would have been... That was exactly what I was going to say. And it's still I think as enjoyable. Avenger, this one does not work that yeah, way. Yeah, Infinity War stands alone as its own story better than this does, for sure. Um, this is the second half of, of a two-part thing. And so, like, going back, like, uh, it's interesting to think that at one point this was called Infinity War Part 2, you know, that they were originally going to do part one and part two. Because I think that's apt. I like the title of Endgame, and I think it works well. I like having the separate titles for each movie. I think it feels like the second part of Infinity War in the first and the third act. Not so much in the second act, though. I mean, yeah. Just because that is a whole new thing, which we'll get into. It's yeah. very fun. Um no, I definitely agree. Uh, but still, I mean, like like John said before, I'm working through... I'm still stewing on the movie. It's still fresh, and I've only seen it once. But I'm decide, I'm trying to decide where it lands. I've got my rankings pulled up, mm. and we're going to do some, some adjusting because mm. I need to figure out where it goes. I need to figure out what it edges out or what it falls b- behind, if it does. Uh, so I don't know, but... Um, so what you're, saying is, what, you're, what you're saying right now is you're trying to decide if this is your favorite Marvel movie or not, is where you're at. Because it's either going to be your favorite or your second favorite. I don't know. What's your number two behind Infinity War? Is it, I'm is pretty it sure Civil, it's Civil War. Is it Civil War or yeah. is it the first Avengers? My top five are Infinity War, Civil War, Guardians, Ragnarok, Avengers. Okay. So it's whether or not you enjoy this more than... 
your boy, Captain America, or your boys, Thanos <laughs> and Captain America. <laughs> well, I don't know. It, it's I'm still wrestling with it because it's like I said, I've said this twice today already because we talked to Connor about this in the car, but I told John yesterday when we were going to the movie that my favorite movie of all time is Return of the King. Shout out. Extended? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, good. <laughs> I was saying that Infinity War to me is a perfect movie. Like, I, I could find a flaw, but to me, it's a perfect movie. Like, it's my favorite Marvel movie. Might be one of my favorite movies Perfect ever. satisfaction. Infinity War? Mm-hmm. I mean, the same satisfying way that, like, Empire Strikes Back is satisfying. Right. Um, but it's like, if of all the... What I like, about, I think Return of the King is a better crafted movie than Infinity War. I agree. So, I agree. are you saying, like, perfect in, like, if it was, like, a critical review or, like, in, in the Zack... Yeah, for me. Okay. For me. Yeah, cool. For That's, me. I just wanted to get a context yeah. before no, you for sure. continue. And so it's like, if there was ever going to be a movie that would edge out Return of the King as my favorite movie, it was going to be Endgame. Or it could have been Endgame. We don't know if it is or not. Because it's like going to see the two towers and then going into yes, that Yes, exactly. Track. Because like what gotcha. most people, I feel like a lot of people say two towers is their favorite Lord of the Rings movie because it's the middle chapter. It doesn't have a definite conclusion. It, it's crazy. You get the ba- the Helm's Deep battle. You get a lot of awesome character stuff. But my favorite thing... That's the thing, thing about middle chapters is the is the character building. Yeah. But my favorite thing of any story is the conclusion. Like, I want to see what happens at the end. And so this movie, I'm trying to, like... I'm stewing on the conclusion. Like, the last 20 minutes of this movie are incredibly dense with, like, character payoffs. And... Uh, it's a lot to take in emotionally and just general, like it's a lot to take in. It's a huge knowledge dump. Mm-hmm. It's all this stuff that I have to learn to live with because it's lore now. Mm-hmm. It's part of the story. Mm-hmm. It's whether or not that I feel that it was satisfying enough to like edge out my other favorite movies, you know, mm-hmm. it's difficult, but we should move into spoilers before you do. Okay. When you are comparing this to infinity war, what is it about Infinity War that... Because that's been out for a while. So I know you've talked about this leaps and bounds before. But what is it about Infinity War that is makes it the best Marvel movie for you? To me, Infinity War is like the perfect blend of the Marvel formula. It's comedy and action. Okay. Something about Endgame, which we'll dive into in spoilers, that didn't that there's not very there's not very much action. They blow it all out in a few moments, but like it's a slow burn. It's a lot of like quiet drama for a lot of the movie. But it's a um, lot of it's a lot of talking. A lot of talking, yeah. Which I like. I'm fine with that. If it's good. If it's good, yeah. Uh, Unless you're War, talking about Darth Plagueis the Wise, then you're like, get the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I also, I mean, like, and it's weird too because like I'm, you're talking to the same guy that likes Return of the King more than Two Towers. The so Two Towers has the like the awesome battle and then the left open ended. Like, I really liked the ending of Infinity War. Like, I liked that Thanos won. It's haunting. It's it's sad and haunting, and that that last chills every time. Like every time. It's it's an an impactful movie. Like not knowing what happens next is impactful. Like we now know what happens, but it's like that whole year where we were just like speculating what's going to happen. It was like I loved that. I loved that atmosphere. The the tone that that movie set to me was just brilliant. Like the cast was fantastic. Best ensemble movie of all time. Okay. I mean, Endgame is a great ensemble. It's the 
the best ensemble. It's it's they're like two peas. It's like I want to. Lord watch of the Rings a, is also a good ensemble. Yeah, I want to watch an edit of this, just Infinity War all the way through to the end of good Endgame. God, man, that's like, <laughs> that's like a six-hour movie almost. Yeah, almost. But they fit really well. I mean, that's what serves they, it from they, having the same they director are right and writers yeah. back to back. Like it, they they sit right next to each other, and it works flawlessly. It does. The Captain America saying, or, or is that the last shot of the film? Him going, oh god. No, the last shot is Thanos. Like, okay, so him sitting him doing that, linking up to the beginning of this movie fits pretty well. Very well. Uh, yeah, that's my just my thoughts about. Okay. So that's the wrestling. Really, that's the I wrestling really, match. I really that's like happening Infinity in my War too, but the thing that I like the most about Infinity War is Thanos. I like the villain, and I like his mindset. And for some messed up reason, you're kind of like I kind of like this guy. Like <laughs> like I kind of want to see him succeed. And that's it should feel wrong, but it doesn't. But I also enjoy, like you said, the blend of comedy and action. That movie right from the get-go is non-stop until you're over and you're like two hours and 45 minutes later you're like what just happened no it's it that's a that's a real thing is it sometimes you want to see your heroes like fail fail sometimes like it makes them more valuable it makes them like more open to harm and that and that puts the story in a more interesting perspective <coughs> it really does and so thanos like being such an unstoppable force is like it it is that movie is... I am the inevitable. I am inevitable. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So let's spoil it up, baby. Let's spoil it up. Warning, spoilers, spoilers. Stay away, get back. For the rest of the episode. For the rest of the episode, If, you, if yeah. you're leaving now, check out Radiovania stuff. Yeah. Bye. We'll be here. And then come back to this once you've seen the movie. John? Favorite moment of the movie. Oh, let's God. just kick it off why, right off well, the top. Okay, I, well, I why know. did you do that? My favorite moment of the movie? Ugh. I don't know whether I want to go with the, a good humor moment, because that's what I really love about the Marvel movies, or do I want to go with, like, a touching moment? Or, like, a badass moment? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, like, badassery is <laughs> Ant-Man popping out of the rubble as, like, a giant dude. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. Like, like just him, him having full control over the Ant-Man stuff is really cool. But there's also, like, plenty of stuff like that, like Cap getting Mjolnir, Thor dual wielding, Fat Thor, you know, like, stuff like that. (laughs) Um, Rocket sitting on War Machine is still one of my favorite images I've seen in an Avengers film in a while. Like, that's my favorite character is is Rocket Raccoon, who was kind of underutilized in this movie, but that's okay. That's just a nitpick. You had a lot to do in Infinity War. I know you got a yeah, and you got a lot to do with the old old class of, of characters. Favorite thing in, in Endgame? Scene or moment? Moment. Favorite okay. moment of the movie. So singular moment. Yes, not like singular moment. Yeah. My favorite moment is in the middle of the battle. Um, Tony and Peter reconnect, and Spider-Man's just like talking really fast nonstop. He's like, I'm really there with Doctor Strange. He's like, hey, it's time to go. I was all dusty for and a then, bit. And you can see like Tony's about to like break down, and then he just like brings him in for a hug. That was my favorite moment. Yeah, that was a good one. I like that better than than the, the the scene that happens later because that one's like happier for me and that that pays off everything that they've set up with that and I'm getting kind of like now the emotions are going to hit cuz I'm not as drunk as I was last night. <laughs> uh, but that was that was my favorite moment. It really 
serviced well because spider-man is is my favorite marvel comic book character and he's he's very close to being my favorite character in comics with batman as well but the thing about spider-man that i love the most is he's he's the everyman he's the kid that anyone could be we've talked about this with into the spider-verse he's also a character that many different demographics can be a part of yeah um and they've just handled him so well yeah uh, so seeing that interaction, and I was really skeptical at first about them not having Uncle Ben, but having this fatherly relationship with Iron Man was something that they really cashed in on. That I we never got uh, with great power comes great responsibility, which I thought was going to be something. I thought Pete, I thought Tony was going to say something like that. I don't Peter. know if they're going to do that or not. That's Where? a huge part of that character. I think it would maybe be pretty, one day be weird if they didn't. Maybe one day. Maybe. But yeah, that was my favorite part. What about you? It's uh, there's a couple that are battling it out. If I had to pick one, I think it would probably be uh, Avengers Assemble. Like that culmination, like that that the score leading up to that, all the people that you loved coming back from the dead, like really cool. all coming through the portals, and then Avengers, and then assemble. the right amount of pause, Assemble, and then it's like he also says stuff. it really quietly too, which is cool. Assemble. Like the music. Cuts Someone out. on the other end's like, "What did he say?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then uh, the other one that really the one uh, the. Uh, the, the other one would be Cap fighting Cap. That got me. See, that's, like, good comedy stuff, and, like, I feel bad picking those as my favorite things. Man, but. it really hit me. Like, that line, that line where he says, I could do this all day. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, I know. It's, like, that's my favorite thing is that, like, even Steve Rogers, knowing that he's he's stubborn, is, like, willing and ready to fight himself, who knows that he's never going to give up in a battle for, like, to save humanity. It's, like, that scene really was awesome. Like, it was so good. Um, the other part I really liked was, and I didn't know that, because uh, I didn't listen, look at the score, uh, the Alan Silvestri score on Spotify, it just launched, it, it released like a day or two ago. Uh, one of the tracks is called Trace Amigos, and it's the song that, it's the music that plays as Cap, Iron Man, and Thor walk out of the rubble and are looking at Thanos and talking about what their plan is. That shot of the three of them, like looking down on, on Thanos, I was like, yeah, that, that really shot cool. is awesome. I think it's really cool too because like that's a good flashback and callback to the first Avengers when the three of them are fighting in yeah. the forest. They don't get along. Yeah, they're hotheads. Yeah, um, they've really learned to work together as a group. Yeah, that was really cool. There's a lot of good stuff. There's, There's a, a lot, lot of good stuff. stuff. There's a lot of funny stuff in this movie too, which I actually did not expect it was going to be this funny. I thought that Infinity War would be a funnier movie. For sure. I was um, thinking this would be way more so. But this one, they really, they really like, in in the threat of oblivion, they were still, like, pretty having a good time. I think it's funnier than Infinity War. Yeah. Like, there's more comedy. I mean, it's also a longer movie. Yeah. The thing that serves Infinity War so well is that, that goddamn... Uh, guardians with thor dynamic space which they don't really have as much in this one because most of them are gone yeah. until the end but yeah yeah it's a funny movie man fat thor yeah that's a good reveal really so let's talk let's talk about the thing that everyone wants to talk about that's the most spoilery thing which is uh iron man dies yeah yeah, yeah. that's the so that's the thing that it's wields, like the very end of the he movie he wields the infinity gauntlet so we've had three wielders in the yeah. films thor Hulk. iron man thanos Hulk, yeah, not Thor, sorry. Thor could probably wield it, and that would be really scary. What was, like, why didn't they let him? He could probably be the one that would take it. He wanted to really badly. Um, He probably could have taken it, too. That was something that I thought was really interesting was 
amidst all the comedy stuff they do with Thor, there is like this really underlying theme yeah, where it's sad. like this guy is broken. Like <laughs> he is. He really, he really feels he like, lost the, he, like everybody. The, the universe is is dead because of him. Yeah, he lost everybody and he failed his people. What's funny too is that like Chris Hemsworth, very subtle performance, like conveying that emotion because like. He's still funny Thor from Ragnarok. He's not like over dramatic series. Like imagine, <coughs> imagine if Kenneth Branagh directed this movie instead of Russo Brothers, you would have gotten like over dramatic Shakespearean Thor being upset instead of what we did get, which is Thor in Ragnarok, which is the character that they really figured out. Yeah. So he's funny. He's self-deprecating a little bit, which is also like adding to that sadness. It's a really good performance. Like sure, Chris Hemsworth really knocked it out of the park. Yeah, he's, he's great. All right, so yeah, Iron Man. Did you expect this going into the film? I knew it was either going to be Cap or Iron Man. You, did you think it was both? I thought it was going to be both. I, I thought, thought it was going to be all three. I, I thought there was going to be... Well, we'll you thought to, Thor was going to die? We'll get to my... We'll I get did to not this think he was going to die. I thought it would be Iron Man and Captain America, though. Okay. I also didn't think that they would... Um, they patched things up pretty quickly. Not in the first scene that they met each other, but... They, they patch things up post-Civil War pretty quickly. I mean, which I'm glad they didn't spend too much time. It's an alien fucking invasion. Like, I'm, yeah, I, you, you don't, you don't spend too much time yeah. on that shit. It's like, you know what? I, yeah, his friend still killed his parents, yeah, though. Like, here's, your, here's your phone back. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about it. Um, no, so I mean, like, while we're on the subject of death, <laughs> um, I, I don't know how to phrase this, and I, I, I feel like I still need time to think about it, but... Maybe it might be a case of my expectations just being subverted. But I was expecting way more carnage. Like, I was just expecting this to be a, not like a bloodbath, but I really did... I don't know. For some reason in my mind, I had it visualized that there was going to be... I didn't expect the, the way that they brought back everybody else was going to be off camera. Do you know what I mean? Thor, uh, th- th- uh, Hulk snaps. Then there's this scene with the the demolition, and then before the big battle, portals. I had this image in my mind that there was going to be a crossover, that they were going to have to trade their lives for other lives. Because there's that thing, there's that line in Infinity War. Where it's like we don't trade lives, Cap, or whoever Vision. He says we don't trade lives. I thought that was going to come back, where it was like we don't trade lives. It's like well, we're doing this now. They this trade, is the only way. They traded way. one life. They traded one life. Two lives. Yeah. But, like, I had this vision of, like, uh, like you know that scene in Infinity War where Thanos wakes up and then there's, like, little Grimoire and she's like, what did it cost? Yeah. I had this image of, like, that soul Realm. plane. Yeah. All the dead characters on one side of the screen, all the living characters, and then the, it's quiet, it's somber, maybe, like, a little piano music or some strings, and they, like, each get to have, that's their moment, With and, then they cross, and then they cross over. And then the, there all wasn't the, like, even though that's the problem. No, yeah. So I think that I was pick, I was fully anticipating and ready for like all of the old guard to just to trade their lives together like guardian style, hands held, trade their power for the other people, and then they all died. And I was ready to be like emotionally wrecked by that. What they did was um, not that. They channeled it through one character. Yes, and uh, I think it caught me off guard. And I think I don't think it's a negative mm-hmm. because I think it was executed extremely well. And so it's hard for me to phrase this in like a criticism because it's not a criticism and it's not a praise. It's like I just found it um, interesting. 
an interesting choice because I was expecting it to be a lot more uh, consequential, I guess, in terms of lives lost. Gotcha. What about the scenes, though? What do you think? The scenes with, like, Tony? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're incredibly well done. Like, I love the shot, reverse shot of... They're in, in Infinity War, you have Peter laying on the ground with Tony above him. And now in Endgame, you get Tony on the ground with Peter above him. Yeah. And it's, like, it's and incredibly Pepper. moving. And then, yeah, Pepper... Pepper the, and, the best yeah. acting I've seen from Gwyneth Paltrow in any of these yeah, films. Yeah, and the Ironheart suit does pretty cool. Yeah. I, I don't like Gwyneth Paltrow, personally. I don't find her, like good as an actor mm. but um, she brought it mm. in that scene like the emotion on her face is like the emotion of someone that you know would like that it, it was like visceral like she gave a really good dramatic performance there and uh, it definitely works for sure yeah. it was v- incredibly like people were like sobbing yeah our theater was yeah. I it mean was like I had, I had like I was welling up and like I could feel like my throat kind of getting tight, but I wasn't, like, sobbing. There were people that were, like, sobbing. Yeah. And, it, I mean, honestly, that, like, that added to my emotion because I was like, fuck. It's like, this character means so much to so many people, and this is he so He does. Rough. He's a big, like, uh, Nate's probably devastated. That's Nate's guy. Has Nate seen it yet? Yeah. He texted the group me. Oh, he did? At 2 a.m. last night. We should call him later. Okay, yeah, cool. Um, I figured he would going into it I think it was pretty evident in Infinity War when he's like we have one chance of winning and that's why he stops Thanos from killing Tony you know it's like Tony has something to do with it I just didn't know what it would be I did not think he would wield the Infinity Gauntlet that was a surprise um it was cool though yeah I really did like because I think most people in the theater knew it was coming because Doctor Strange like the one thing it's like this is you're the one he's like you're the reason like yeah this you, it's all this is like if I tell you it won't happen because he probably so when he known. did that this is what I thought okay when he did the one I thought he meant all you have to do is take one stone and the gauntlet would explode so I <laughs> I don't know where my I, I was really intoxicated but I thought all Iron Man had to do was take one of the stones out of the gauntlet and then because they show it from the side of the hand palm so you're like you can't see all the gems and he snaps and nothing happens and I thought when he snapped what was going to happen was he was going to blow up because it doesn't work if with you snap with five out of six but then it turns out he just took all of them yeah. which makes more sense but anyway but the, uh, good direction funny, someone on Reddit pointed this out that's funny it's like how was it so easy for him to just yank why didn't they do that in Infinity yeah. War <laughs> they were trying to pull the whole glove Spider-Man off Spider-Man could have just been like it's like and they were that easy to take off, they motherfucker. Just, just like really grab easy. them. Jesus yeah. Christ. That's but. a plot hole, but there's, no, a, it's there's like, a lot of those. This is the thing is that you can nitpick this movie to death because it's any any movie with time travel immediately opens itself up to be like completely susceptible to like plot holes. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to just ignore that. Because mm-hmm. if you start thinking about it too long, it's like it gets really complicated. Like, have you ever sat down and thought about how the Terminator storyline works? Like, what? Yes. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So, we haven't even talked about that yet. They time travel in this movie. Yeah, so... Two, the, yeah. three slash four different movie periods. Avengers, Thor the Dark World. Um, Guardians. Guardians and... Vormir, which is Infinity War, but... Sure. And then a 1970s version of the camp that he went to in First Avenger, yeah. Winter Soldier. 
Yeah. I thought they were going to go to the 40s. That was, I was wrong. 40s? Uh-huh. For? for To get the test right. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, the time travel stuff was awesome. It was super unique. Very unique way of dealing with that. That. Uh, trope that was where it really picked up for me so like i was definitely into the movie i loved the dystopia and like what are we gonna do and you know like ant-man's like trying to come up with like they're trying to help but like once they were like they're like we know where the stones are gonna be you know and then like black widow says something where it's like three of the stones are in new york all at the same time i was like Oh, this is getting really, like I started to pick up on. I was like, "Damn, this is getting really interesting." And then he's like, "You know your teams, you know your missions, three different teams." And I was like, "Oh shit, like this is cool." Um, so when they split up to do those missions, I was really into that for sure. That seemed like that is textbook comic right there. So it's like imagine Endgame being an Avengers annual. So it's like a five ninety nine book, and the first act is the setup. The second act is when the team split up. The third act is them coming back together. Yeah. Like, they just did that, like, piece for piece in terms of formulaic chances. Um, and they even did, like, sub-split ups, too, right? So, like, in New York, they messed up, so then they got to split up again. And I was yep. just like, that's, yeah, it was cool. I like this stuff with, um, when they go to the 70s, and by they, I mean Cap and Tony. I like Tony talking to his dad a lot. That was some good stuff. But yeah. I also like Captain America. It's I'm going to phrase this really wrong, but I like him like creepily watching his girlfriend through the window. Uh, I did think that that was really cool. Yeah. Um, I didn't know if she was going to come back in that way, and I'm glad she did because I do like She didn't have a I speaking like, role, which is interesting. I like Peggy like, a lot. I like Peggy too. She's awesome in that first movie. But um, yeah, it was curious. Like I, I was wondering if they were going to have any dialogue between each other, but that end scene is poignant enough that you don't really need – you don't need any words spoken from her really. Mm-hmm. Or him. I mean, it's just like silence and music in that last shot. I, like I like that song. Yeah. 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 Uh, what else? What, what What else can we draw upon? Okay. So let's talk about where are they going? Yeah. Um, where do they go after the end of the game? Yeah. So. Oy. So Thor's with the Guardians. They've the, announced that they're taking. That the Guardians are without Gamora still. Well, we discussed this briefly last night or today. I think that Guardians 3 is going to have a, a... The biggest part about Guardians 3 is going to be, like, changing Gamora. Because she, she's seen some shit. Like, un, like, unaltered 2014 Gamora that suddenly, like, realizes that all this shit is happening. Like, she's... Is she she's, still there? They didn't show her. They didn't show her. The last time they show her was her making fun of Quill with Nebula, but she doesn't disappear when... Iron Man snaps her army away that we know of. No, I think it's, I think she's she ran. I think she ran or is hiding or went somewhere. So she is a time displaced Gamora, and they're looking for her. Yes, a twenty fourteen Gamora living in twenty nineteen or whenever Guardians three comes out. Yes. Okay. Man, you know what's funny though is that we spent so much time finally getting her and Quill together, and then they just <laughs> reset everything. Reset it all. It's like the it's like pirates, man. Quill's like, <laughs> damn. <laughs> I worked so hard for that booty. Did you like that um, dynamic of him and, and uh, Thor fighting over the captainship of the Milano? It was good. I like. I, almost, I wanted. I wanted Rocket to be the captain. I like that scene. You better talk about who you're talking to your captain, Quill. I like that scene a lot, but it was the first scene of levity after the funeral scene, and I wasn't ready for it. Like, 
it was funny in retrospect, but I was like, I could have used maybe like two more minutes of somber to like ease me back in. It's so hard to be somber with, with the dose Chris's though. Yeah. That's fine. I'm just, I'm ready for Guardians 3. Those are my favorite Marv movies, so I'm, I'm into it. It's going to be a while. I know. It's going to be still, a while. That'll pay off really well. It will pay off. I'm very excited to see. I'm excited to see how James Gunn closes the book on Guardians. Um, that was the dynamic that I enjoyed the most in Infinity War, was um, Thor with Rocket and Groot and the Avengers for a little bit, too. Yeah. He's like a pirate space angel. <laughs> He's imitating the spaceman or whatever it is. This. The one line that uh, Drax has was he's like, you guys should fight to the death over who's the captain. Oh, yes. Use knives. Use or knives. Whatever. Yeah. He's like, I got some blasters in the back of the ship. That's my rocket impression. Oh, that's a good rocket. Thank you. You do a good job at impersonating Bradley Stop Cooper drinking impers- from a fountain, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw you. Uh, favorite, favorite line of comedy. I feel like we're going to have the same one. That is America's ass. <laughs> that is really funny. That's a that was a that got a really good laugh out of our theater. That is really funny. Um, I also just like say green. Yeah, say green was good. <laughs> I really like the shot of uh, Paul Rudd eating the taco, and then the ship lands and the fillings blast out. Like, and then War Machine lands and he breaks the taco. Yeah, <laughs> Paul Rudd is good, man. Yeah, Paul that Rudd was a really that was a gem casting. Also, the shot I really, another shot I really liked is is. Thor explaining the ether, and he's and he's like going on about it, and then they he cut over breaking down. He, he, no, they cut. He's breaking down, but then they cut over to everyone, and everyone's kind of like just like looking, and Paul Rudd's like all interested and like looking at it. He's like, oh, oh. I think a good line that is very very under the radar too is they're talking about Nebula's talking about Vormir. She's like, my father went with Gamora, and he returned without her to get the stone, and then Paul Rudd's just like. Not it. <laughs> Not it. Yeah, that was a good one. That's pretty clever. Um, yeah, I think the best like quotable line going forward is going to be "That is America's ass." Like oh, people yeah. are. Gonna, I think that's going to be in the lexicon. Like people are going to use that shit. Um, I know I am. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that tonight. <laughs> that's America's ass right there. This is America's ass, honey. Um. So yeah, that is that is really good stuff. I know that there was there was something that that Thor said that I just can't remember. That was really funny. I also just like. It's there's a lot of little moments that I'm a really big fan of that those all those movies pay off of, but like um Thor and Rocket talking in the Asgard Palace when he's like trying he's like, My father has the best wine cellar, we should go check it. And he's yeah. just like he's like, Come here, come here. And he just like it smacks him across yeah. the face. He's like giving him a little pep talk. Yeah, all the relationship that's something that uh Infinity War did extremely well. That's something that Endgame continued to do extremely well, which is like find these really good pairings that you want to see done and they're all done incredibly well so here's the one thing about endgame that i really enjoyed is i wasn't sure where it was going to go it was hard to to think about what was going to happen next for example i had already mentioned my infinity stone uh thing where he just has to take one but another thing that happened that i thought was going to be like oh shit this is what this movie's going towards is i'll set the stage Thanos gets beheaded in like the first 15 minutes, like the Infinity War Thanos. Yeah. And then we don't see him for a very long time until they're in the middle of their time traveling, right? That's the next time he shows up. So there's like a good hour where he's not there. 
But there is a little bit before that, there is a moment where they are in New York and the Tesseract falls out of a briefcase and Loki picks it up and he vanishes. And I was like, oh shit, Loki's going to be the villain for the rest of this movie. Like they're going to bring it full circle. And you don't see him again until like a little cameo for Dark World. But yeah. I thought that that's where it was going to go. Like they were going to. How gonna, did they get the Tesseract they were back gonna, after he vanished? They went back. They before. went back before that. That's right. right. Okay. But like I thought they were going to have to go chase him to yeah. Ragnarok, which is what I thought was going to happen. Um, but no. I like that there. Were, I, I like that Tom Hiddleston was present in this movie, but not like an overwhelming force. He didn't force. speak at all because he's got the. <laughs> and I like that because like. I, I love that there was his death is like extremely important for Infinity War because it sets the tone for that movie. It's like yeah. anyone you thought was invincible is is not <clears throat> no resurrections this time. Yeah, that line is awesome. That's a great line. And so that's the one thing that I do wish Endgame had more of is good quotable Thanos lines because uh, I think Thanos you could make really good business posters. I am out an, of. I am inevitable. Is, right, but that's he says it twice. <laughs> so like, but both of them are like really good. Yeah, um, but I mean, like, I guess a, a cool one was she's like, what are you going to do? He's like, mm, wait. <laughs> Just, <laughs> like, he yeah. has, Brolin has such a good uh, voice yeah. for Thanos. And there were so many cool lines in Infinity War that I really liked. Like, even that one from the um, the the knife thing, right? Yeah. That's one of my favorite monologues. Well, you said it earlier, man. Infinity War is the Thanos movie. And then this is the Avengers. And this is the Avengers movie. It's like, they work so well together. It's like, which one do I like better? I don't know. Fuck it. Either one. Flip a coin. Which one do I feel like watching today? Flip a coin. So here's what I want to ask you then. Um, this might not be an example that works as well for you. Okay. Because I don't know how you feel about it. But when you think about the Deathly Hallows, that is a movie that serves in two parts yeah, really well mm-hmm. to the point that it's like, it's almost worth watching them back to back. Is this the same way? Should it be treated as one movie in the way that a lot of people are like, maybe Lord of the Rings should just be treated as one. So I don't have to pick like some people that's are like, stupid. some people are like that. No, that's stupid. Yeah. But the, some Lord, people are like that. I agree. I, I know what you mean, but like the Lord of the Rings movies are so dense each that, and they each tell like very separate yet cohesive narratives with different Moving parts on each one of them. Um, so these do these work better as two separate films that are right next to each other? No, I or think one that big big thing. I think that because of what's a good way to put this? Again, I'm gonna echo back to Star Wars. Empire Strikes Back, right? That movie works on its own, but the ending of that movie is 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 left open. It's very bittersweet. It it it's um. It's one of my favorite endings. It's a great ending. Film. I think Infinity War is one of the best endings ever that I've ever seen in a film because it did something that we weren't expecting, or maybe a lot of us were expecting that read the comics, but it did it did something like unique for a film and left it completely open with almost no bittersweetness. And uh, I think when you look ba- when we look back on this, I think we are gonna kind of like look back on these two as being like part one and part two, like the two chapters of the end. Hmm. I don't think I don't think you're gonna ever like look at these completely separately, because it's like remember that part in Infinity War? Oh yeah, but then when they did this to counteract that part, it's like there's a lot of back and That's forth. The, the the one scene that really kind of nailed that home for me where I was like, is this, should just this be treated as like a 
like a next part of it is the Vormir stuff. Like they do that scene, it's almost identically shot, which I thought was really cool. They play the same music too. They play the same music. They also, I don't know if you catch this, I thought that this was really clever. They do a slow-mo right before Hawkeye is jumping off the side in the same way that they did the slow-mo of Thanos dragon and it's the same camera angle. I was like, this is a really good creative choice to like replicate this scene because this scene tore me up last time and it's doing the same thing again. Yeah. Um that was where I was like, okay, this this is what makes it the same connective tissue to the last one. Because mm-hmm. when it was less Thanos and a lot of time travel stuff, I'm like, this is a good follow up to this, but this doesn't this doesn't seem like a two parter. But then that's when it, it that's where it started for me, at yeah. least into making it seem like a two parter. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of connective threads, and you can go back through and probably find one, find more if you pick it through with a fine tooth comb. Music cues angles and cameras like characters talking to each other the subtleties and performances but yeah i don't know man i think that they work really well together i do not think that this works as well on its own infinity war works better works better on its own this works better as a conclusion to infinity war than it does as its own solo movie conclusion to everything yes so Um, okay i got a couple other things okay captain marvel we're post the the solo release of Captain Marvel. Yes. What do you think about her usage in the film? Um, I was a little. I mean, I was underwhelmed. Um, it was fine. I mean, she did. She did. A, I liked that. I was wor- The consensus seemed to be that people were worried that she was going to be a Deus Ex Machina. She kind of was. Not really. She comes back. She blows up a ship, and then. But people were worried that she was going to be the one that saves everybody. She doesn't really like. She goes to That's attack true. Thanos, and take, Thanos she, kicks her ass yeah, immediately. Yeah, he does take her down pretty well. But she, I, for a second there, I thought she was gonna win. But okay, yeah. no, I was fine. I mean, she, I was fine with it because they didn't overdo it. She's in the beginning. She says some badass lines, and then she leaves for the rest. I forgot that she was even in this. Like, when she came back in the end, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Captain Marvel's in this I movie. think that's a problem, though. It, it is. I a, do. It's a problem. It's a problem if, you, if you're if you concerned about that character having a presence in these movies, but I think that they'll figure her out. I just don't she think... She just feels shoved in like Black Panther felt shoved in. I don't know. I think Black Panther works fine. I, no, in this movie. I think Black Panther works fine in, in this movie. In this movie? He's, he's not got Waka- even there. He's not there, but he's got Wakanda behind him. That, the purpose He's of only Black, there because of Wakanda. <laughs> Black Panther. Black you could have Pan- had Okoye with the Wakanda there. The you could time. have. True. True. But also, Black Panther. Um, Black Panther's what's his purpose name? is leading that army. M'Baku was alive too at the end of Infinity War, and we didn't see his ass until the fucking final battle either. Like, where the hell were these guys at? Take Wakandans with you in the past. That's what you need. Yeah. Like where was where was Wong? Like all I want, yeah, Wong that was, too. Yeah, Wong was alive as fuck. All I wanted to see was a Koye stab Robert Redford in the throat with a spear. Oh, like, that that's what I was ass. looking for, right? Like crossovers like that. That would have been cool, but been cool. I get it. They're focusing on their old old guard. Well, let's keep on this. What do you, do you have any criticisms? We've been talking uh, a lot of positive. So this is my biggest criticism. Okay, the biggest is I think a really good connective tissue for these movies is Nick Fury, and I feel like they just really didn't know how to use him in these last two Avengers movies. He's a post credit scene in Infinity War, and he appears in this one, and he doesn't say anything, and he's on screen for maybe like three or four seconds. Yeah, Nick Fury is is is. 
He kicked the universe off. Like, he kicked the universe Mar- off. Like, I mean, get the he first got... movie, but he's the he's the he's the hype moment at the end of that movie. He put the team together. Yeah. In that first Avengers movie, by tricking them, but he <laughs> he put them together. Uh, and I felt I really wanted him to be more involved. And yeah. I thought that after Captain Marvel that he was going to be, and it was just surprising to me that he wasn't. It doesn't ruin the movie for me. But that is a that's one of the biggest Nick picks that I have is because I really Nick pick if you will is that right 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 I just I really like that character and I really like that actor and I think that he does a really um, great job in the role and I was looking forward to him kicking it at the end and he wasn't at the battle either you know yeah like if he showed up. This is what I wanted, okay? Him showing up with Phil Coulson's gun from the Avengers. That would have been fucking sweet. And he's just like, Zzz! and he's just like blasting fools. So that's what that does. He's like, this is what this does. I'm sick of these <laughs> aliens. <laughs> yeah, well, how cool would it have been if he dropped the one F word? The one F bomb. Yeah. It's the perfect guy to do it. Yeah, that's I, my I, that's my thing. No, I agree with you 100. I think that it was a shame that he didn't get more screen time. I like that. It was poignant that he was the last person that you see on the funeral scene because it's like, in a way, you would imagine that he kind of feels somewhat responsible. Do you think that that will be something they dive into? Maybe. Maybe. That could be interesting. Um, but yeah, I really, I really, I really like that shot. But yeah, he should have had at least one line of dialogue, like something, so this something is, to say. Because this is, you bring up an interesting point. This is something that I think would have been really great is if you've never read ultimate spider-man which is a run from like 2001 to 2005 there is a moment at the end of that run which you're not a spoilers guy so i don't want to ruin it for you but there is a really good character interaction where someone is talking to nick fury about how he has his hands in so many cookie jars and how he tries to do this like he's the puppet master if you will and like how many times things come back to bite him and like you have to be responsible for your your actions no one's ever really called him into check as much as like uh winter soldier mm-hmm. is like the one big one i think that's his best movie is Winter Soldier. oh yeah the death of nick fury is like a fucking kick ass no, i just like movie. the i like him talking to onstar yeah that, well that's <laughs> what i mean that that car chase scene and then that scene and then like him coming back at the graveyard what is he what does he say to the onstar that's just so funny or something like that it's just I like, don't. He's like, shields at 20%. He's like, we'll keep them up. <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. No, he's kick-ass. That, that yeah. movie is that movie's Nick Fury paradise for anyone that's a fan of that character. Yeah. It's the best Captain America movie. Though. Ooh. That's a tough one there. I'd probably... Civil War isn't the best Captain America movie. First Avenger, baby. Oh, you want to go there? They have that song in Winter Soldier 2. We have all that. But we also got Falcon and Black Widow, Nick Fury, Robert Redford, everyone's favorite villain, Brumlow, <laughs> the Cross elevator, <laughs> the elevator, him crashing, a, him crashing a motorcycle get off. onto the highway out of a thing, helicarriers crashing into the water, uh, that moment of him going to the museum, Winter Soldier itself. I can go all. I can go all day. I can, I can do yeah, this all day. Yeah, I know. Winter Soldier is is the superior Captain film. Okay. We'll ha- that's a we'll do a cap cast. Sometime. Should we do it an After Dark a Captain America After Dark? 
Sounds perfect. Where either I'm really promoting the Winter Soldier or I'm just like beating you down about everything else. Kill him. Um, <coughs> any other negatives? I'm trying to think like... I can't think of many criticisms. It's It would take more... The more you watch the movie, the more nitpicks you have. Yeah. Like, we're not going to dive into this now. But I just... I watched The Last Jedi like a week or two ago. And I was like nitpicking some editing moments that I was like, this is... A bad idea. So it's like the more times you see something, yeah. the more chance and exposure you get to noticing that. Sure. But all right. Well, does that wrap up our infinity? I don't want to end on negatives. We should, we got to do something positive in the way that they ended the movie. On something positive. That's true. All right. So but, okay. Then... So I got to ask you this. I'm gonna ask you some questions here. Okay. How do you feel about the ending of your boy, Captain America? What did you think about that scene? Um. Are you talking specifically about the bench scene? or the... I'm talking from the moment he gets on that pad till the end of the film. Okay. Because um, that is that is the conclusive arc to Steve Rogers. I was so worried when he... when Because I knew what was happening. I, when he... As soon as he stepped on that portal, I was like, I know what's going to fucking happen. He's, he's not going to come back. I was like, he's not going to come back. Yeah. Homie's going to go find Peggy. It's like... I, I, I think every, Did you think you he was going to go straight to her? Yeah, it's like you'd have to be a fool. I to thought he was going to get stuck and they were going to set up another movie. No way. I did. I did. Yeah, well, I was thinking, I was like, it, it's for sure it's going to be, he's he's not coming back. Like, I Captain either, America has is done with I this. Either thought he, he just was wants gonna, to live a simple yeah. life and be happy with Peggy. Yeah, I either thought he was going to get trapped somewhere or he was going to get transported back to the same scene earlier in the film in 1970 and as Howard Stark is walking on the elevator with the bouquet he was going to snatch it from him <laughs> and then go into the room That'd be funny. and he'd be like yoink I'm ready for that dance and then she's like oh Steve and then they dance that's what I thought I'm ready for that dance now Peg that would have been really cool too like just him being like saying that I wish as he would said it I do I bet you that's a deleted scene maybe Oh, can you imagine an uncut the like the uh, director's the cut version? The uncircumcised. Uh, it's like five hours <laughs> long. Um, no, that? I was totally fine with it, but I knew it was happening in that scene. But then when it shows the reverse shot of him sitting on the bench, I was like, "Fuck, this is either gonna be really goofy because I old man makeup almost never works." I was like, "I got a new actor." Yeah, I was like, "I thought they were gonna, gonna age him." I did. I thought they were going to age him. That's old man makeup. That's a different actor. No, that's Chris Evans. That is not Chris Evans. That's Chris Evans and old man makeup. There is no... It is. It is. That's Chris Evans and old man makeup. No. Do you want a drink bet? This is a drink bet. Did you research this? I didn't research it, but I'm I'm 100% telling you that... I think it's a different actor, and I'll buy you a drink tonight if I'm wrong. That's totally Chris Evans. It's not Chris Evans. There's no way. That's 100. It was totally. It's, total, it's a guy that looks almost like him, but he's old. <laughs> <laughs> that was Chris Evans. That was 100% him. No way. We're going to call Connor. We're going to see what Connor thinks. Yeah, call Connor. Yeah, and I'll, gonna, and I'll look up on the Connor. phone. Keep talking while I look up. Don't tell me the answer. Okay, okay that's fine. What's the best way to do it? Would it, would it the best way, way to go to, to IMDb and figure out like if there was an old man cast? like old? Just Google... Man who plays <laughs> Come on, Connor. I need you. I need you to pick up. I need you right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know how long I've been on you. Careful with that being so close to. He'll pick up on if his voice is loud enough. Also. 
Dang oh, it. Oh, son of a bitch. All right, we're going to have to settle this in-house. We could ask Carly. We could wake her up. No, that's fine. <laughs> All right, so I'm looking, at, I'm looking this up now. Okay. I need confirmed sources, and the only person that's going to tell us is the Russo brothers. IMDB is, is official. These people have to upload their... Come on, keep talking. I can't, can't. Hold on, I gotta. I'm, I'm looking it up as well. Okay, so you think it's him in makeup, or it's Chris or Evans in old man makeup, CGI aged makeup? No, he's in. I mean, he might be CGI a little bit, but like you don't think it was a different actor? It's not a different actor. I swear it is. I You're swear absolutely crazy. I I am. Wait, fuck. It is. Wait, fuck. It's an old, old man. Wait. It's an old man. I promise you're you. fucking right. Yeah, it's not the same. It's a guy that kind of sounded like him and looked like him because he had piercing blue eyes. But oh it is not Chris God. Evans. Oh my God! I want to drink that. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. It's some motherfucker named Patrick Gorman. Patrick Gorman, my guy, my guy, right there. Old Steve Rogers double. Oscar. Nomination. I'm still not completely satisfied. There might have been some like digital trickery to like make him look more like because like this photo does kind of. Let me see. This is his actor photo on IMDb. That was him. That's what we saw. (laughs) All right, well, we got to go see it again to make sure. I won. I'm, like, fucking shooketh right now, man. Uh, Okay. Well... And that's... that's, That'll wrap up the show. No, I can't. I I mean, I still didn't hear, like, fully your thoughts on that scene, though. Because that's a big deal. Like... This is a big deal. Think about it this way. Sam Wilson being Captain America is one of the... the How do I phrase this? Is one of the better attempts by Marvel to expand their audience to a diverse culture. Do you think that will play into the films in the way that Black Panther and Captain Marvel and things like that have? I think it all depends on whether or not they're planning on doing another Captain America series of movies with Anthony Mackie. Like, I do love that line, though, that he says where he's just like, how does it feel? Or something like that. And he's like, like, like an old man's or something like that. Or like it belongs to another person. Yeah, it says he feels like it belongs to someone else. Yeah. And what does he say? He's like, I don't know. We should go see it again. But he's like, he's like, that'll change. Or he says, I'll, I'll do my best. That yeah, was, I'll do my, I almost I'll actually, do my best. Is, I got really, really um, into that very much. No, I was totally, I liked the I, the old man thing. I was like, I was like, that's fine. It was a nice emotionally, it was a good, I mean, all the emotional stuff in this movie hit for me. None of it fell flat. None of this movie fell flat at all. Um, but the last shot being Peggy and Cap dancing in the in the house, like, that hit me and I thought that was immensely satisfying as someone that's a huge fan of the first Avenger like that shot really really did me did me good so A plus A plus on the on the cap stuff those Russo brothers they like their Captain America I think it would have been equally as satisfying it maybe even more if Cap would have sacrificed himself for the greater good I agree I think it would have been less satisfying if he gave the shield to Bucky Probably. Bucky's not Captain America. He was for a little bit. In the comics, really? Both of them 
him and Sam have taken turns. So it's like Cap has like this three-way with his friends, right? Where it's like it's him and Sam or him and Bucky, and sometimes they're together. And they really have nailed that rivalry between the two of them, but I loved how they were really... Like that was actually one of my favorite callbacks was in Civil War, they don't really get along too much, right? And there's like that comedic stuff where he's like, I hate you and stuff like that. And he's like, can you move your seat up? And he's like, (laughs) no. No. Um, But him being like, go ahead. Like I like that a lot because I think yeah. that's I think that's Sebastian Stan's last Marvel movie. Well, he's in the Falcon and Winter Soldier TV right. series. I think that's, that's out, his last movie, and I don't think that that show is going to take place after Endgame. We'll see. Hmm. All right. Well, we just hit two hours. We've been talking about this movie for a goddamn long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have anything? Any final thoughts? Happy birthday! Thanks, man. Any final I hope Endgame was the best present that I could give you. This is uh, this is my Christmas. I feel like I just... You were, <laughs> last night he had mentioned that it was his Christmas and his hell until the movie was over yeah. <laughs> because he didn't want to get spoiled. That's my worst fear is that, like, I it's not happened, like, to a bad degree. I've had a few things spoiled for me in the past, but, like... What's the worst spoiler you've ever received? I don't know. I'd have to think about that for a while. I got the sixth Harry Potter book spoiled for me as I was reading it. Like that Snape is or whatever? Spoilers. That, uh... Wait, wait, wait. That Snape kills Dumbledore. Nah. But I didn't get the seventh one spoiled for me, which is a miracle. That's a miracle, because that was the one that people were, like, shouting out trucks. That's the big one, yeah. yeah. Um... Final thoughts for me: Go see this movie. If uh, I mean, if you made it this far and listened to spoilers, do you fuck know you. where it falls on your ranking yet? Uh, that's a good question. That's how we'll end it. That's how we'll that's end how it. That's how we'll end it. Um, Let me look at mine. <laughs> it's not gonna crack my top three. Still, I don't think. I think I'm gonna put it number two. I think You're Infinity War. Under Infinity War. I think r- as of right now, only seeing Endgame once. I think Infinity War is still my favorite Marvel movie. And Endgame will go right after that. And if Civil War, I gave a 9.5. Infinity War, I gave a 10. This might be the first time I break the Radiovania patent at 20 point scale. I'm going to go like a 9.9. <laughs> you gave Infinity War a 10? I gave Infinity War a 10. To me, okay. Infinity War is a perfect movie. Yeah. To me. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. It just hit at such a great moment. It's a great story. An amazing ending. And uh, it was the culmination of so much awesomeness into one film. Where does it land for you? I just checked my list again. (laughs) And uh, we have very different top fives, which is a good thing. It's what makes us good friends. My top five is currently at like before adding Endgame to the list as a whole. It's um, Guardians, Ragnarok, the first Iron Man, Winter Soldier, and Infinity War. And I don't know if and if I like Endgame more than Infinity War yet. So if I do, I do want to see it again. If I do, then it would be in my top five. It would it would supplant Infinity War. But as of right now, I'm not sure. So I guess until I make my decision, it will be underneath. It'll be six. Six. 
Okay. I'm, I like the... Those, those, four, those four movies that I have that aren't, like, main ensemble films are really special to me. Sure. Um, especially Guardians and Winter Soldier and uh, that first Iron Man movie. That first Iron Man movie means a lot to me. And that's one thing that we haven't really talked about is in the way that you feel about the first Avenger is the way that I feel about the first Iron Man. I think that's a perfect film. Or, or as you would phrase it before, damn near perfect, right? Like you can nitpick a couple things, but I love that film so much. It's one of the, it's a good nostalgic piece for me, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Five or six. It's going to be somewhere in there. All right. Well, next time on Radiovania, we'll come back to you. I'll probably have seen it a few more times. John will probably have seen it a couple more times. Maybe. I don't know. Time. <laughs> and we'll we'll update our where we really think it sits on our playlist. Next but. time, Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu, baby. Ryan Reynolds, give me that Pika Pika. Pika. Uh, all right. If you want to follow the show, you can do so in a myriad of ways. John, would you like to tell them? You can go to Radiovania.com. That'll put you in touch with our YouTube links. Hit that red subscribe button. I got the horses in the back. Got that. Radiovania.gmail.com. <laughs> um, you can follow us there. You can send us emails. Send us comments. What did you think about Endgame? How do you feel about the Marvel Cinematic Universe as a whole? Should Captain America and Zack get married? Yes. I think they should. I think so, too. Um... Submit your questions, comments, concerns, all of those things. What do you think about the Rise of Skywalker title? What is it? Uh, what do you think about the Mandalorian? All of these things. I want to know. Everything and more. Is the Joker going to be the best movie of 2019? Probably not. No. But it could be. Tell us. It takes thousands of hours to become an astronaut. Right, Nina? Oh, I'm not an astronaut. I'm a design consultant at the Container Store. But you explore space. I help you find space with our Alpha Closet systems. And you're an expert. Pretty good at it. And you use satellites to communicate. I'm doing more virtual in-home closet designs, but I wouldn't say... We salute you, astronaut Nina, for helping us find space. You're welcome. The Alpha Sales Bonus is here. Earn up to $500 in credit now through February 7th at the Container Store, where space comes from.